The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD or its components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 This all starts where, uh, we, when we started this pod, right? So a friend of mine, he was like, hey, he works, he worked over at the Naval Leadership and Ethics Center. Like one of our friends that we were stationed with at our, the command I'm in, Damon, uh, one of the other chiefs, he works at Naval Leader, Leadership and Ethics. And uh, he was like, hey, a lot of the stuff that y'all talk about on a podcast, and it's like, you know, almost three years ago now, he was like, we talk about it, you know, when we go talk to sellers and everything like that. And uh, he was like, so I try to turn sellers on a y'all podcast and stuff like, and this is when we first started. And I'm like, man, I don't know if like you really want to turn sellers on our pod. Like, I don't know what the hell we talking about. Right. So a little after that, uh, uh, one of the chiefs that actually put me through season, he worked at uh, leadership and uh, ethics as well. But again, he was on the West Coast. The other guy was on the West Coast too. And um, we were supposed to get him on a podcast, but his CMC wouldn't let him do it. You know, it's like, hey, did you listen to those guys? You hear what they got going on? Like, and uh, I'm like, hey, let your CMC listen to some episodes. I don't know which ones he got. He gave the CMC, like probably the raunchiest episodes that we got. And the CMC was like, yeah, I don't know, you know, if you, sh- if, if you should do it. And I, I respected that, but I also thought like, uh, Man, I don't think we should filter some conversations, man. I think we should have them, you know, and I think we should have conversations in where the sellers are actually listening, you know, in places where people actually want to hear it and stuff like that. Everything can't be presented with like the pristine shine to it. Like sometimes you got to get a little gritty. And, but I understood it. I understood, you know, where that CMC was getting at. And I'm like, eventually I'm going to have this conversation. Now, all of this happened before I went to. Uh, my course, and I was going to the course to be an instructor for a foundational leader, uh, leader development course. So FLDC, I was going to FLDC uh, to be an instructor. And when I went there, we had two man outstanding instructors. Honestly, you know what I'm saying. I ain't even kissing ass right here, man. Um, John Quillen, and uh, I forgot, I forgot your uh, who, who you uh, went went in with with us. But y'all, y'all had a good one two punch. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, it was Robert Howison. That's that was his name. Yeah, Rob. Yeah. And y'all hit us. So y'all hit us from the gate, man. You know, you get into a room. It's a bunch of senior chiefs, chiefs. You know, because that's that's what was in there. What senior chiefs and chiefs? I'm not sure. We had we had one nine. Okay, so we had a mass chief, and then it's like, hey, look, y'all, this is gonna be an adult learning experience. Um, no powerpoints, which I'm cool. Participation is required. Then they hit us with the two. These the two bangers, Tish. Homework. Homework <laughs> is a banger for a group of chiefs. You're like, you know, you start calling your wife on lunch break. Like, hey, baby, they telling us we got homework. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so homework is a banger, and um, the fact that we had to do teach back, right? So it's like, hey, oh, when all of nervous, this, right? Yeah, when all of this is over. No, you were Hold up, hold up. Well, just be honest, real quick. When we said teach backs, you weren't nervous until. We told you what teachbacks were going to pertain to. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't really. I think I wasn't really nervous uh, about a lot of it, you know. But some good. of it, you know, so some people are like, oh yeah, you do, you do a podcast, you should be good. But I, I do a podcast, but I'm not the. I don't want to get up in front of people 
and be critiqued. You know what I mean? Like, because it's different. definitely not your peers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's totally yeah. different. You know what I mean? So, um, so that was one that was you know, and people kept you know, because at that point, some of the classmates knew about like that we did the pod. They like, man, you don't got nothing to worry about. I'm like, man, I get on, I get on the mic in front of a camera with nobody else around at that time, and it, like, like you said, it's not our peers. It's not nobody. It's it's easy. You know, it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you know, that, that kind of changed too with TikTok. Now TikTok is like the fucking the, the people that's that's to the remember fire. remember that's how I came back. Sorry, Tish. That's how I came, we got back together. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So you because at first I didn't remember you as my student. Yeah. Tisha, I, listen, I taught this program since it, its inception. Well, a little after its inception. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many, I, I couldn't tell you how many people I've taught. Right. Uh, and, and Damo, I love you, dog, but you're not an instructional homie. You're a facilitator. You remember that? Yeah. So I don't know how many people we taught to facilitate, but that's how we, I, I found y'all on TikTok and I was like, damn it. They're talking about some real stuff. All right. This is cool. This is cool. And remember, I gave you the whole spiel. Yeah. Hey, bro, I used to be an inlet, blah, 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 blah. And then you were like, yeah, you were my instructor or my facilitator. I was like, oh shit, Damo? Yeah. That's you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happened. It was, this was, this is, the connection's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazy when, I, and I, and then when I saw your name initially, I, I kind of knew, but I'm like, man, let me go back and look at the, you know, look at the, yeah. the course. <laughs> the, the file. I called Robert. Wow. I called Rob that night. I was like, bro, this is what our people like. This is what they're doing, man. This is amazing. So, and I followed you guys along. Uh, Alpo Parker. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, me and Q taught on the Ford. We was on the Ford together. Yeah, yeah, man. Q Q was uh, he had made chief when I was a first class, and then he put me through the season, and then he picked up eight. Yeah, he uh, was like our like fifth episode or something. Like, it was yeah, he was he was early on. Yeah, he was early in the pod. I told you, I mean, I've been I've been following you, yeah, but um, yeah, man. So this this is. This is great, bro. Yeah, man. I'm very proud. This is awesome. Thank you, man. So, you know, some of the courses that... and, and, and I'm going to just talk real quick about the courses real quick, right? Because it's ALDC. That's Advanced Leader Development, right? That's for E6s. ILDC is Intermediate Leader Development for the E5s. And FLDC, the Foundational Leader Development course, is for E4s, right? And uh, yep. one of the big things we talk about in these courses, Tish, is that it's leader development, vice like leadership training and, and different things like that. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we get into that, John, um, you are now retired, right? Sure am. Uh, you know, I see. <laughs> sure yeah. am. How's life, man? Well, I worked for the Air Force now. Uh-huh. Uh, I worked for an Intel squadron in, uh, out of Langley. So uh, when we were talking earlier today, when you said you were just got off work. I too was just now, just then going through the tunnel after about 30 minutes sitting there. It's great. Yeah. The drive in the afternoon sucks. In the morning, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no. So I worked for the uh, Air Force Intel as the diversity and inclusion uh, chief for that entire Intel wing. So it's about 6,000 people comprised of six groups all over the world. Um, and part of what we taught y'all is a large portion of what I do in my job now. Um, and that really set me up um, to get into that, you know, GS world. And, and bro, I started as a GS 12 step three. 
Mm. Just straight out the Navy, dog. Like, I, I, never in my life did I think I was going to get this gig. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just the essence of John. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, and you had a, you had some really good personal stories when we went through that course, man. Like a lot of personal, we might get into some of them, you know. Yeah, um, we can get so into whatever you want to get into. What man. was your, what was your rate when you were in? So, bro, I was a uh, ABF. Um, I I was an ABF since um, like oh oh two. Um, your last episode, you talked about some of the talk toxic uh, eras. Mm-hmm. You talked about PTS, yeah. But there was another big one, and I don't know if that if you were referring to this one because I was also a career counselor on the Ford. Like Air Department, our our skipper was awesome. He made us all go to like, I was air department career counselor. So he made us all go to a school mm-hmm. and then he made us all wear the cookies mm-hmm. so that anywhere mm-hmm. we walked around the ship didn't matter. Hey, you got a cookie. Johnny Seaman over here is going to ask me a question. Cause I got a cookie. Yeah. Admiral Meyer, he just retired. Uh, the only dude that I ever knew to pre-com a ship and go on to be a two-star admiral. Damn. Mm-hmm. Shit. Anyways. So, um, ERB, Enlisted review board mm. or enlisted retention board. When was this? So Were before you? PTS, yeah. 09, oh, oh, 10 to 11. Okay. 10, 11, 12. So the hardest hit rate, ABF. We, we kicked about 60% of our E5 force out Damn. with severance. Some, you were talking about it, like some of these good sailors, you know, we created such a huge leadership vacuum and not even leadership vacuum, but a technical acumen vacuum mm-hmm. that one of the things we, we talked about in our class was operationalizing leader development. Remember, we always used to talk about, I gave you guys a story about one of my fellow ABFs who would always look over my E5 shoulder. And then when they weren't doing it exactly how he wanted it done, you know, we didn't allow them to make mistakes. Yeah. Well, part of that is because we kicked out a huge section of our technical acumen. And so um, that's, I, you know, like I said, I do follow. And it, it's, it's interesting that, um, I don't know, man, just to see how, how far we've gone yeah. uh, from, you know, being at ADT, undesignated airman, to ABF because PTS was just had just come online and they said either retake the ASVAB or become an MA or get out. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God. So I need to make it now. Like I need to make third now. Like that's it. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to take the test for ABF, took it passed, rated, mm-hmm. didn't advance. And then the next cycle I was capped. Yeah, man. On the and that was a lot of what used to push us. I think back, Back then, it was like, yo, if you if you don't get your rank, if you don't get this, yo, you ask a go, you know. Like, yo, you're back against the wall. <laughs> yeah. You right. fight. Yeah, yeah like, you oh, study. Man. So yeah, man. I'm on a carrier now, and I meet a lot of aviation rates, right? What boat you on? Um, damn, I, I already said it, I guess, on the pod before. But yeah, you have. Yeah, just on the last five, I just said it. I'm on a... I'm on, I'm, I'm on a... I try not to say it too much because you know oh, okay, gotcha. I might talk shit. I might talk shit about I it later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Hey, we'll talk after this is over because I'm gonna be uh, over there on the. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm good. gonna be. I'm gonna be on the one next to you. Okay. Uh, okay. Who? Yeah. 
was the XO on the Ford, who's now the CEO of the one next to you. Yeah. Who's a dear friend of mine. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I saw, but I meet a lot of aviation people and um, talking to you in that class though, man, I, don't, I haven't met like an aviation person that knew about like philosophy and like ethics and all that <laughs> stuff, right? So, so when did you go from being a, you said ABF, right? Yeah. When did you go from being a normal ABF to being like this philosophy quoting <laughs> uh, person, Emmanuel Kant, like you know all this? Yeah, stuff, man, Kant. You know, yeah. How, when, how did you know? How did that? Is it because of the wife? Um, no, it, it it's one lived experience. Uh huh. Um, but also, I wasn't willing to allow myself to to not utilize the benefits that I had in front of me. So one of the things that we hold dearly on our home for our children is uh, we we put education kind of on a pedestal. So it's God, family, (laughs) education. Mm -hmm. Like literally those are the three pillars that we have um, set up for our kids because things may come and go, but your education once you get it and you utilize it the best you can, like it's valuable. I wouldn't have got this gig if I didn't have a master's, but I I didn't have a master's when I was going through with you guys. I had a bachelor's in legal studies. Mm -hmm. I I was going to do the JAG Ascension um, and got into L got the, did the LSAT, got into law school, Regent university, the whole nine. Nice. And uh, Oh yeah. The judge on the Ford, Man, I love that boat. She knew the guy who was making the pick. And then he came back and was like, um, he's been in the Navy a year too long. Damn. She was like, you can't get him a waiver? He was like, nope. It's like, damn. I was about to say the beauty of knowing people. Hey, I, right, right. That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. And that's what she led me to believe. She's like, yo, he owes me a favor. I got you. <laughs> And we, yo, we had him on speakerphone and everything. And he was like, nah, nah, I can't, nah, can't, can't get away from that. Yeah, can't get away from that. I was like, well, shit. So, um, no, so for me, man, it was, I did a lot of reading. Like a lot of times, especially uh, back in the day, like um, yesterday being 9-11, like I remember exactly where I was. I was on the Truman. I was in DC classroom and we had a one MC announcement. Why? Because we did not have TVs in every square inch of ships like they are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't have like, we had them big old boxy things with those huge racks that if you stood up too fast and hit your head, you was going straight to medical, <laughs> straight, to, straight to concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so like, that's where I was. And so uh, when you stuck out on station for, 15 hours a day and you don't get to come inside. I used to keep a book in my back pocket and I would just take it on station. I would just read. That's what it comes down to. Um, and then boy, being bored, like I'm not going to, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of wasting away um, with tons and tons of stuff mm-hmm. that don't interest me. Education is difficult, and there are a lot of times that I wanted to quit just simply because it was very difficult. Because uh, I got my master's in public administration, and um, like my wife will tell you, like, yeah, you know, there were so many times I'd start a class and be like, "Fuck this, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm done." <laughs> yeah, but there was just like you know the vent, and then you get into this whole back against the wall mentality. 
and you just have to push through and go for it. Like we, we talk about this in class too, right? Resiliency, mm-hmm. that toughness. Right. And so being resilient against the things that we don't like to do are just as valuable as um, sticking with the things that we do like to do. Yeah. So how would, so, like, yeah. how would FLDC have benefited you when you were an E4? Oh, bro. Uh, and I think we told the story, um, and I don't know how, I can't remember how long y'all been in. But in 05, 05, 06, I was in Sicily. Mm-hmm. I just got off the Truman. But yeah, so it was 06 in Sicily. They had a program called NavLead. And NavLead was very similar to what we do or what we did at Enlick, um, with a more of a centric focused, peer group focused look. So NavLead was for like E4 through E6. Yeah. Everybody was in there. And it was never, it was no, nowhere near as, you know, um, philosophical, uh, philosophically driven the way that the Enlick is now. Mm-hmm. I think that it still, it I, left me with a perception of there are still good, great things out there. Yeah. Um, why not strive for them? And then as you pick up rank, like I made a five and six and it was go sit through this PowerPoint for three days. Mm-hmm. And then I made a six and I was on the wasp and it was go down to the training classroom at the bottom of a ship while we're underway and things are slamming around and bells are going off and all this and watch this PowerPoint for four days. Yeah. Bro, it was miserable. I mean, it was, it didn't teach me a damn yeah, thing. No, and we told y'all, this, I did. Yeah, and I told y'all this, this in class, right? We, it was us. It was the cheese mess who screwed it up because it, it was given to the cheese mess to teach, train the next series force leaders. And we put it into a PowerPoint and we gave instructors a book to read through and said, this click that click this. And it was out, I, bro. I don't remember nothing. Yeah, I do. I however, remember Navli. I remember some of the lessons that they taught us. And so, um, to me, that's the value of Enlick. Mm-hmm. So is it, can that fate be repeated with the chiefs mess fucking it up? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. There's a reason. And I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stop saying this because you know, these, but in our class, we talked about why it's not on PowerPoint. Yeah. If it is on PowerPoint and something's changed, I'm not aware. But during its re-inception, it was never meant to be a PowerPoint-driven thing. Remember? Like, we did, yeah, we nah, did it yeah, in... No, yeah. Bro, we did our class in one of the most dingiest rooms I've ever been in in my life. When she set us up there, when she set us up there, I was like... What is this? Yeah. And it was hot as hell. Yeah. Remember that? It was hot as all. Oh, you out. know what that is? In you some marine barracks. Was? You know what space it was? was? A, it was a cheese mess or something. Yeah, it was our mess. <laughs> of, of some cheese mess. Well, here's ours. the deal. Hold up. DC was my district. Yeah. DC yeah. was my district. So stop. So hold up. There was another cheese mess on the Navy Yard yeah. that I went to that was very nice. Uh, you Very liked nice. You liked it? You liked the one on the yeah, yeah, way better than one on Anacostia. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, why we couldn't have got that room? We were going to lose that, man, too, man. We fighting, <laughs> we fighting to keep it, man. Like, what? The one that it. we were in? Yeah, man. Let yeah. go, brother. Let go. <laughs> Just let go. We've been fighting to keep it, man. The Air Force tried to take it back. they like, what y'all uh, need to do in here? Let them have it. 
What the hell? That was my first time in that. That was my first time. And that shit was dusty yeah. as hell, man. Like, it's so damn dusty. Yeah. Like, we had to clean up. I think we had to, like, clean up just to sit down or something like that, if I remember. Dude, correctly. bro, I and remember shit. our first day, or was it just our first day? No, no. We were we were in the khakis all week that at that time, huh? Y'all were. We were civilians. I think we were. Like, we might. We might have worn. No, that was Friday. Clothes. Friday, you were in civilian clothes. Okay. But um, because we had switched, we had switched from khakis every day, professional development course, blah 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 blah, to our skipper made it all right. Khakis first day, NWs the last th- three days or whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, we show up and the person that set the class up for us, we walk in and I'm like, what is this? And she's like, welcome to the cheese mess. I was like, (laughs) I got me in khakis hot as hell. I remember when it rained and like damn near flooded that that little room. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's a bad space. But guess what? We made it work. Yeah, it was a it was a good it was fun, man. It was a cool class, man. Uh, I was I was pretty new to that command at, at that time too. Yeah, you um, had to benefit was that long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it it, it definitely. But I mean, you guys did really set like a lasting impression. Uh, how long did you serve? Did you do more than twenty? Yeah, man, I did uh, twenty one years, eight months. Uh-huh. And did you? I got out. You were like that was you knew you wasn't going to 25, 26, 30, none of that. Yeah, so when I um when I went when I went up for orders to go to Enlick, I was supposed to go to the schoolhouse uh-huh. in Norfolk, the ABF schoolhouse. And there's only one set of orders. I had come from Diego Garcia as an unaccompanied billet for 12 months. With, and I know detailers are gonna say we can't guarantee you nothing, blah 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 blah. Got it. All right, man, I don't have receipts not on this phone. Anyhow, I was told, hey, look, man, you take this hard billet for me right now. The rotation set up and I knew the guy that was at the schoolhouse <laughs> and I knew when he was rotating. And then, y'all, I got got like you got got with the pop up lock. <laughs> so I got and, you on the back end. I'm going to hit you on bro, the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What, what killed me was, um, I think his name is TJ or whatever, like two months before I'm supposed to get in the window to call, he transfers. Mm-hmm. Oh, he transferred know. early. <laughs> he got about it. Dang. Yeah, yeah, he got out of there early. He probably said a lot. And of I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had lots, <laughs> lots of people <laughs> pissed off at him. Um, anyhow, so I'm calling. And I'm like, look, man, let's put me in. Let's go. Come to find out my best friend Applied for the orders that he knew that I wanted. Oh man! And he got them. Damn! I was like, George, you piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm trying to come home. Anyhow, so one of my homeboys, uh, a dude I knew off the Wasp, ABH, Mike Mashad, cool dude. He went from being an instructor, ninety five oh, ninety five oh two, whatever we call it now, eight oh five alpha, or I don't know yeah, what's called. Anyhow, ninety five oh two. Yeah, he calls alpha. me from that. Yeah, he, he calls me from that schoolhouse. He said, hey, there's this new thing. Da, 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 da. I was like, bet. And I called the short special detailer. It wasn't on a website. It was a nowhere. Nobody knew about it. Um, it was me and my compadre, Arlene Martinez Rodriguez, M16. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome girl. Um, and 
Yeah, I got them. Like nobody, like nobody knew about them. I was the second guy in Damneck, like to be officially Naval Leadership, Naval Leadership Ethics Center, Debt, Rhode Island, and then we turned into Naval Leadership and Ethics Command, Damneck. Yeah. So one of the things y'all talked to us about, like day one, is about buy-in, right? Y'all talk about mm. buy-in, right? When you initially got to this command, did you buy into? This uh, initiative, because I'm I'm assuming it was an initiative at this at this point, and we hadn't been, or had we already started going out and doing courses and stuff like that. So there was a mobile master training team, MMTT, uh-huh. that uh, was were the first initial wave of facilitators. Yeah, and they um, were kind of all over, and we had I, it was it was well thought of conceptually. And we took folks off of ships and then it was like, hey, if you can go teach here, can you go teach here? And there were some folks who didn't have a whole lot of stuff going on and they were able to, like there were a couple guys at the hospital, um, my facilitator, uh, Sajada Taylor, love that dude to death. Mm-hmm. He was at the hospital. Um, he did my class. I'll never forget him. Some of the stuff that I used with y'all, he taught me. Hopefully it reciprocated. Um, anyway, so he was part of the mobile master training team. There were folks before I got there because, um, I got there in May. I started teaching in like July. Um, so I had to go through class, graduate just like y'all did so I could go on. There were people on my command who were part of mobile master training team Mm -hmm. for a full year before I got there that had never taught a single class. So you want to talk about buying? Yes, bro. I was bought in since day one. Yeah. What? And you know as well as any of my other students know that infuriates me the most is a lack of buying, mm-hmm. because inside the four walls of this room, in front of your people, yeah, you can show me all day that you get to buy in. But when you get in front of some students and you're running through stuff and you're trying to short, trying to shorten days and mm-hmm. rush through it. That does not relate buy-in. Yeah. Therefore, that's a chain. It's a it's a chain reaction, right? It's a domino. Yeah. What chief don't buy in? Why should I? Right. Yeah. And it, you and know, it, and it ain't really like the motion. Teach. Did you go through the course before you got out? No, I didn't. Not before I got out. No. Yeah. So it's one of them things where it's better if you don't go through the motions. Like it's a free flowing thing. You know, you find out, you learn a lot, you find out about people. It's good conversations. Like somebody might tell you about like their parents, like being on drugs or something or like, you know, them losing a baby. I think I might've talked about a miscarriage in a class, you know, or something like that. But it's a lot of, then the instructors are opening up too. So it's not one of them things you want to, that's the thing. Sometimes I think with a lot of the things we do, we, we rush through it and we go through the motions mm-hmm. and like the shit like lose the magic. And then we start wondering why it's like ineffective, you know, but we started. Right. And, and that's why I think I like that y'all do ask for people to have buy-in because one of the reasons why things become ineffective, because remember, like I said, this was the uh, facilitator course. So we could go and be facilitators. Now, if you train somebody to be a facilitator and they automatically don't have no fucking buy-in and what you're teaching them, when they leave and they go start, you know, facilitating courses and stuff like that, they're going to do it with no passion, no care, right. 
None of that. They're and not going to do it at all. Yeah. Are, are they <laughs> They're just, not going to yeah. do it at all. Yeah. Are they just, yeah. Well, yeah, you got those, you know, you got Dying. that metric, you know, you got that metric, but you know, some people like other things though, they just pushing a button, you know, like when we right. were like, okay, yeah, we just got to do this. I have to say this exactly like this. And I'm young, the young sellers and, and everybody really, they could see through that shit from, from day one. Like, oh man, this person just reading off a script. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is it. Like we could pencil this and it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and everything kind of degrades and it loses its value. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get people to open up like that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just what it is. So I do, I want to go through some of this stuff um, in our course, like day to day, um, you know, then I, then I got some other stuff I want to talk to you about. So one of the things I liked about this was it, it was a safe space, right? It's a safe space, right? And it's supposed to be for the sellers too. So one of the things y'all put out to us was when we went on to do it, you know, try to mix up sellers from commands mm-hmm. and like try not to do it with sellers from your own command, you know, try to mm-hmm. get sellers. Because a lot of sell, young sellers, they probably won't be as open with like a chief that they, that's in the mess of the command that they work in and stuff right. like that, right? And that, that was pretty much the reason why y'all had us, you know, why y'all kind of push it that way, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, for instance, like carrier life, one, we, we always said, try not to do it on a ship because it's just too distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be in deep, deep conversation. And, and I, so before I got there, they tried it on the Ike. They tried this. We like mobile the MMTTs were sent out to try, just try and see if we can do it on ships. Try mm-hmm. this, try that, and they tried it on the Ike, and it didn't work. Well, we got the bright idea like right before I left. Not kidding. At least I visit. I visited the Ford af- right after I had retired, so I stepped off the Ford last, technically. But the last ship that I had spent more than like two days on was the USS McFall, because mm-hmm. somebody was like, "Hey, uh, can we try it again?" And I was like, well, if you're going to send anybody to try it again, let me and Rob try. Like, we're pretty good at, we're ABs. Like, we're, we're in that, you know, that D framework, that domineering type. Yeah. Listen, man, this is my class. And it was a, the CMC was a friend of mine from the Ford, Brandon Ellison, cool dude, um, who had asked us to come out. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, Brandon, like, I'm going to do this for you, but here are some ground rules. Like, the one I'm seeing in this space, I'm not going to turn it off, but I'm going to turn it down so that if like some real shit pops off, we know, but I can't have like, you know, it's, and it's a, it was a, it was a frigate. So the frigate, no DDG. So, you know, I can't have EM two come over here to get EM three to sign for paint. Like yeah. that can't happen. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It fucking happened. And it really pissed me off pretty bad. So like, this was another case study in the fact that no, it can't happen on a carrier. However, it's a little different because you have enough space to do these things in, in the, the contents of large training classrooms, Mm -hmm. chain of commands that are completely disconnected. So I made it on the Ford and we had, we were 57 selects and we had a cheese mess of 320. Yeah. Real, real quick, let me yeah. just ask you this. Do you think I knew all 320 by September 15th? Hell no. Man. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> I'll go get my charge book right now and I get I, I bet I got like all the air department and like 17 other people. 
Yeah. Like for real, like that's how, that's how disconnected, like, and it's, you know, on carrier is 3000 people. Yeah. That's you, a lot of people. Yeah. You, you, you ain't going to meet everybody. Yeah. You know, you, you ain't going to know. Yeah. You, you know, you your department. department. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, an, an ABF chief could go teach an engineering division or whatever. Like that's back in my experience. That was, I would have signed off on that. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Bet. Here's some rules, but we always try to encourage y'all to take them off the ship. Give them in a classroom environment, um, so on and so forth. But yeah, so you you try to disconnect that because it creates conversation, yeah, right. And you know, there's there's a there's a difference between like a safe space and a brave space. Safe spaces is good for you to say things that you know, whatever. A brave space really about allows you to step up and say some things that uh, you normally wouldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. And like, so when we, when we, when I talked about Olivia with y'all and we went through the disc, right. That wasn't to make y'all feel uncomfortable or any of that. That was just to set an example. And I felt like, and I don't like, I never, I didn't tell that story in every single class. Yeah. Like I told that story in certain classes when I felt the moment warranted it. That to me, was not necessarily a safe space. That was a moment for me to be, brave and vulnerable mm-hmm. in front of y'all to show buy-in for me yeah. on my end. And that's completely selfish of me to say, Hey, I wanted to make sure you saw that I was bought in, which yeah. I did, but it was just, you know, a matter of, um, you know, like I said, it, it just depended on the class. It depended on the class, whether like I felt like the class got it and understood how important it was to me. Yeah. Therefore, I want you to know that it's okay to talk about some uncomfortable things. Yeah. And that was, yeah. I mean, that it was effective, you know? And <laughs> yeah. So another, another thing we get through, like, v- like very quick, when you get introduced to this room, Tish, is like uh, leader development versus leadership training, right? So we, we start talking about that early on, right? Leader development versus leadership training. And John, what's the importance of knowing the difference between the two of those terms? So uh, leadership essentially is a skill. Mm-hmm. And once that skill is defined, it's defined. Can it expand and contract? Sure. Uh, but if we focus so much on a skill and not the person, i.e. leader development, mm-hmm. we at some point we're saying that Yep, I've I've defined and refined your skill enough that I can stop. Well, with the leader and trying to develop that leader, it should never stop. Yeah. One of the things that I spoke to you guys in your class, and there's a senior uh, enlisted leader development course. I was fortunate enough during COVID to help uh, kind of you know look at it again and help uh, develop some of the things further and flush out some of the stuff. And then I found out I couldn't teach it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I taught the guys who taught it. Anyways, it was some <laughs> weird irony. Anyways, um, is that we don't want to stop. I don't want to. I, I can't wait to see a Navy where this group in 2000 and come on, Dave, let's see, 2019 went through all of the, the 2019 sailors went through FL, FL, uh, FLDC. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see what that looks like when they've all gone through the senior enlisted leader development course and then CMC course. Like, what does that CMC look like? Or what does that Chief Smith look like? Yeah. 
Right. And we talked about culture change in our class. Yeah. I'm not going to see it. You're not going to see it as much as you like you, you will see bits and pieces, Mm -hmm. small, tiny bits and pieces, but large culture change will not come around in my naval generation. It didn't. Um, I'm doing some stuff in the air force now, which I hate to say the air force is a bit ahead of us when it comes Mm -hmm. to some things. Okay. Not in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not in everything, but some things they are. What about development? Are they ahead of us? Uh, no, because it, it's a, it's a different type of leader. Okay. Like, and it's not a knock on any service. I, what I mean by they're doing some things better, like inclusivity, they're much more mm-hmm. inclusive than, than we are as a service or we were when I was in as a service. Yeah. Um, I, I'll never, I'll never forget the whiplash that was, 2016 through 2020. I'll never forget it. And being an ethics teacher in that time period, I know you taught classes in that time period. It's real difficult. Mm-hmm. It's real difficult to tell an E5, look, what you see on TV and the most executive levels of government, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this person is doing it. I got it. Uh, the the chairman of the joint chiefs is standing next to somebody after they just gas Lafayette square in uniform. Yeah. Why can't I do that? What? Right. Sorry. That's not what we live by. These are our core values. Whatever those personal core values are. Can't tell you what those are, but what did we do in the very beginning? Demo? We, we agreed on a set of norms, right? Class norms. Yeah. These are the things that we are going to live by at least during this week. Yeah. And, and, and we then, came up with them, like like the group. So the group yeah. came, like us as a group, we like, you know, we're going to live and die off of our norms. So, you know, if you're late, <laughs> you know, if you're late, then you bring donuts. Like, what? Like so that was a, that was a big, that happened. And then another thing happened was the, the way the, the leader was, the, the class lead was picked. It, it, it was like random. <laughs> like, I forgot. That was, it was like, hey, so do you like every mustard? teacher is going <laughs> to, so every teacher is going to be different. Uh, um, mine was superheroes. Remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, so when we did our intro, I would ask you the 17 questions that we had asked you. Yeah. And then I would always throw an extra one in about who is your favorite superhero. And I didn't come up with that. Shijada came up with that. I stole it from him. Okay. Straight up. All transparency. No, but like, it's real. it's not, it's difficult. It's like, I don't think I can approach. Well, no, I mean, you guys had, had been enthralled in yeah. the, the whiplash that was Washington at that time. Yeah. Um, right. I, yeah. I, I, I was uh, one of the people who did the brief about, uh, man, what was it about? About hate speech and stuff. At one point we had a brief about like, hey, this was around like George Floyd, you know, that, that, that whole mm-hmm. situation. Well, and, I was sitting at home. Yeah, and doing this virtually. Yeah, and we had a brief. We had to do like the whole command mandated like brief. And I, I like I kind of went off the. I went off the script. Like they didn't know who the fuck they, they know who the fuck they was dealing with. You know? <laughs> yeah, here we go get this. <laughs> we get this stuff to Damo. Let's see what he do right. And then like I get it. And I had an officer with me, a woman, and like another it was three of us. And we went teach my giving this training. It's supposed to be like a like a forty minute training. <laughs> Ours was like an hour and a half, right? But it was honestly, I don't think 
I'm not a big fan of time limits. Like I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of limiting shit, right? So we just start going and going. And all this training was, right? My, my issue with this training, it was all pointed at one group of people, right? And it was pointed at, at th- this mandated training we had to give. It was pointed at like neo-Nazis, like, like that group of people, something like that. Uh, and, and people just with that point of view. And I'm like, yo, it's way more... Way more- different mm-hmm. groups of people that we need to be talking about in here. So let's fucking talk right. about it. So I had the paper, but like I'm known for being like, all right, everything here is good, but let's add like this kind of stuff. So yeah. So John, yes, like uh, we went through it, you know, but then we also went through the other uncomfortable shit of like the black mm-hmm. seller, like, Hey, I don't want to, and this didn't happen much at my command, but we had people talking to us from other commands. Like, I don't care what the triad is about to tell me because none of them ever relate to me on any other time or they don't this, they don't look. And even on the other side of the house, you might have like a white seller, like, man, I'm like, this ain't it. So we had to go through all of that too. Like talking to people like, hey, this is a, like, like, for instance, like Juneteenth, right? Juneteenth. That's like for, for, Juneteenth is an American holiday. Like, 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 it's not a black holiday. It's not a white. It's an American fucking holiday. You know. Yeah. So it's like those are the like the kind of conversations that like we were like having to have. And then it was a point in time where it was like a seller had. I was a semio on a ship, and the seller had a Black Lives Matter sticker or something, right? So somebody was like, "Hey." This person got a Black Lives Matter sticker. Can you go talk to the person? Right. So now I'm a mm-hmm. black semio. Like, hey, look. <laughs> so this, and then this person, like, well, this person got a thin blue line sticker. And they like, and they like, well, you know, what is thin blue line? They like, well, thin blue line is about like, you, you know, the cops, you know, just respect for the cops. And then they say, no, somebody like, no, it's really a dog whistle for people that think this and this. So it, it just became, it was just yeah. a whole, shit storm or just and it was things I had to learn like I didn't know thin blue line I didn't know what this man or that man or it was secret like secret ways to say certain stuff and stuff like that so yeah John it was it was rough it was a rough period of time I had somebody mm-hmm. walk out on watch I had a first class walk out on watch with a, a dep- I, I don't even want what a very high ranking person in the department I first class just left the, the duty sec the duty station his, his watch station because the debate was about the riots that happened after uh, George Floyd. And mm-hmm. so the issue was the person was saying like, well, why the hell, why, you know, they rioting, they fucking stuff up. Like they shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, well, it's a reason why they rioting. Like, did you not pay attention to the reason why, you know, they were rioting? And the person like, I don't care about the reason why they rioting. He's like, that there is the problem. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. And the it, cause has nothing to do with the effect, right? right? You know, but <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. And meanwhile, this would be the same person that'd be like, well, we can't really blame Derek because uh, it's a reason why he stopped George Floyd. If George Floyd was... This is like, you the same person that believe in the cause and effect in this scenario, but you don't believe in the cause and effect in this scenario. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of shit. A lot of shit. And, well, yeah. and what's that called? An ethical paradigm. Yeah. Remember? (laughs) These are all things that we talked about. So, um, I'll never forget uh, that time after George Floyd was really difficult for us as an ethics command. 
like just our old skipper, uh, Captain Farmer. So we like, bro, you're going to be mad when I, well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. So for like a year, we didn't like go to work. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got a phone call one day. It was like two weeks into COVID, three weeks into COVID. Now it's probably like a month into COVID. And they were like, hey, can you develop this thing virtually? And I was like, I'm um, pretty sure we're trying not to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they were like, no, no, seriously, you need to do something. And I'm like, fuck, all right. So <laughs> me and Arlene like really did it in like two weeks. We did all of them. FLDC, ILDC, ALDC. We didn't. We stopped doing F, uh, CPLDC. Mm-hmm. We stopped teaching your class because we weren't going to do that virtually. So all this is going on. And how we used to muster, well, she's assemble. How we used to assemble was group me. Just boop, a heart <laughs> down to the day. No, bro, I cannot tell you how many times I was in a golf course hitting that button. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out now. They can't do nothing to me. So, anyhow, um, no, so Captain Farmer was a ship stir. He was a shit stir. That's all he did. And he did it on with, with good intentions. Mm-hmm. He didn't cross any lines, but he made us think about things that we didn't want to think about. So he didn't use George Floyd, but it was the guy in Windsor, Virginia, the, the army guy who got maced in his car. Mm, yeah, we and the white cop yeah, was like, we're, we're going to yeah. ride the lightning and all this shit. And so, um, like he put a clip in, put a clip in there and then he just says, go. And I was mm. like, fuck, here we go. And so, so mind you during like when COVID hit, we had 12 people. 12 chiefs. I was the second one and 10 more to come. Yeah. By the time COVID ended, we had 42. I didn't know. I didn't know three, two thirds of these people. Yeah. Just barely on like group me. And so all of a sudden, like this group me that was nice and quiet is just blowing up. And I'm like, man, I do not like want to get into this shit with, with these people. Cause one, they like, you've been through one class. Like you went through CPLDC at some point down the line. And got orders here. You ain't taught nothing. You haven't listened to personal stories that that in class, anyways. And you may be affected by some things. I got you, but like your your open mindedness and your self awareness is lacking. Rob, how was him? Love my dude. But we are on two other. We are two ends of the ideological spectrum. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, the the thing that I will say about Rob though is that he's open minded, and I'm I'm fairly sure that Rob would say the same thing about me. So, and this is just gonna be I'm gonna go on a little tangent. I don't really care. So here's the deal: people stop using the term liberal like it's something nefarious. The definition and and like people be like, oh, you're a stupid liberal. Listen, you won't call me a stupid liberal all day. Knock yourself out. Look up the definition of liberal. And then tell me that I'm a stupid liberal. Liberals, liberalism is simply just being open to another's perspective. That's the definition. Mm-hmm. Being open to another's perspective. Doesn't mean that I have to agree with it. Doesn't mean that I have to co-sign it. Doesn't mean that I have to disagree with it. I'm just, I'm okay to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the part about being an Enlick during that time, that whiplash, those events. And then Mark Esper's, uh, remember he was the secretary of defense at the time. Mark Esper came out with this three page thing and said, essentially we're going to eliminate bias in the military. Mm -hmm. Oh, what? 
How you, <laughs> how you plan on doing that? Because we talk about we talk about bias heavily yeah. in in our class in two or three different segments. Um, you know the the primer, the Johari window, uh, disc. We go into it in ethics foundation. Mm-hmm. And like, so we talk about bias stereotypes throughout, which lead us to day four, day three, day three, which is diversity and inclusion. And um, it was right around that time where uh, Trump had signed the, the, the executive order that said all federal employees will stop getting diversity training. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man, my badge of honor is, bro. NLEC was number one on the Navy's list. Oh, shit, for real? We were number one. But the problem was, is that he didn't realize and nobody else was, was prudent to forget that we were facilitators. It wasn't training. Yeah. So oh, guess what? Semantics. If one of my students, if one of my student brings it up, which yeah. they will, because we're yeah. going to talk about bias in the joint window. Mm-hmm. Once they understand that uh, something that is unknown by them and unknown by others is a bias or a stereotype, it's free reign. Door is open. It's called, in the the legal practice, it's called the the crack of the door. You've opened the door, (laughs) that means I can talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that whole, and and just being able to be in there, we had so many conversations about so much stuff in there that, Man, like I, I knew everybody better, like getting out of there. Cause like I said, I didn't know anybody yet. So I kind of started to know people. So we went over, um, another thing we talked about was better you plus better me equals better us, right? Cause it, it's like, so you, and better us, better US. So better US Navy, right? Teaches like some puns in there, you know, and all that. But, um, yeah, but, but what happens here is, right, we take in, uh, sailor. Right, leader, command, surface force, navy, right, and then like you, and it's like a melting pot of like all of this shit. Like, how do you become a better leader, right? So, so my course was three days. Every day was a different core value, right? So day one would be honor, and like mostly everything we learn and is now based off this, like not really based but tied into the honor, right? Mm -hmm. Then courage, you know, and then we could guess. You want to guess day three, (laughs) Tish? Commitment. commitment, right? Commitment. Now, you, got, right? Commitment, you know, was it? Remember. Yeah, and, and and so you know, day one we start talking about respect, authority, and accountability, right? Um, and the way we establish definitions is is things it's things that I liked about it because we went over um, whatever Webster's definition was. So the first thing was we established what our definition was, right? But then we talked about Webster's definition. And then we talk about uh, the DOD definition. And, you know, and I like mm-hmm. that because some courses, they ask like these weird ass, some, some Navy courses ask like these just weird questions, right? Not, they'd not like, just Navy. They'd be like, what's honor? Not just <laughs> Navy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's honor? You know, you're like, well, honor, you know, it's like being honorable, you know? It's like honoring <laughs> something. It's like, you know, having like extreme, <laughs> it's shooting shit, you know? Like, it's like, you know, it's, like, and it, it's normally like, yeah, and somebody be like, yeah, everybody's answer is correct. You know what I'm yes. saying? And you right. gotta keep going. This one was different, whereas, all right, like, what's our definition of it? And then what is everybody else? But it was respect, authority, and accountability. That, those were the things that we were talking about. And everybody does have a different version of what respect is to them. You know, or 
authority and accountability. Right. So we get to tie our personal values with the Navy uh, core values. You talked about the Jahari window a little bit. Right. Um, open, blind, hidden, unknown. Um, but can, can we talk a little bit? Is, can we talk about that without showing it a little bit? For sure. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, so essentially, the, the window is your standard window with four panes. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that, you know, uh, they're all equal panes. Pane one, your open area, blind spots, secrets, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, hidden area, and then the oh. unknown area, which means you don't know about it. The idea is to expand that window pane and make it as, as large as you can into the open area, meaning um, being open-minded and listening to others when they give you... Um, suggestions about your blind spots, um, making yourself vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, minimizing that, that hidden or secret area. Uh, and then the, the unknown by unknown, it's always the hardest one to explain. How, how do I know, how do I discover something that's unknown by myself and unknown by others? Mm. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, people are not open-minded enough to listen to others. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know me the best. Yeah. I know all about me the best. So, well, sure. You, you know 88% of you the best. Let's go ask your spouse or some very close friends of yours things that they notice about you that you may not. Yeah. I bet they'll be different. Um, Robert and I, so one of the things that, that we, an example we gave of you is like, so in, in classes, um, let's just say I'm in class and I just start picking on Airedales, ABs, ABs and wannabes. You heard it here first. Um, I'm just picking on ABs to answer questions. I'm ignoring everybody else. Yeah. Robert pulls me aside and says, Hey man, you, you realize you're picking on straight R rate to answer questions. Uh, what? Wow. I didn't know I was doing that. Robert didn't know I was going to do that. He didn't know that that was going to be my behavior. And I didn't even realize that was my behavior. So now I'm, I've prejudiced the rest of the class in favor of one type of, of person. Yeah. At the same rate as I. So, and that happens. You, you, Pick whatever category you want. In that area, typically there's a bias or a stereotype being exposed. Yeah. And somebody letting somebody know. Yeah. yeah. Or some serious self-reflection going on, uh, which is great because the next thing, right? That's the primer. The next thing we're getting to is self-awareness. Um, and, you know, being able to, to understand that, yes, you have faults and you are not always making the the best decision and you do have prejudice. Everybody's biased. Like, and, and one of the things that killed me during that time period was that like bias got this huge, it was like saying the F word all the time Yeah, in front of high ranking people. I can't say the word bias in front of you. Why you have bias. I, I love blue the best. Right. That means that I'm biased against every other color. Just a little yeah. less. Just mm-hmm. a little less than blue. 
but I prejudice every other color because blue is my favorite. That's just yeah. based on a box of crayons. That's not even life or lived experience. Yeah, and and it's because we take words and we 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 first off we redefine words, right? And then we mm-hmm. change the weight of them. You know, that's two different. Mm-hmm. That's two things. You fucking you redefine the word and then you change the weight of it. You know, and now <laughs> it it's this emotional. You know, I always like how you know because in line of what you're talking about, like it's always like this big battle between like liberals and conservatives, right? About anything, right? The flavor, like the logo on like. Uh, a bottle or something, right? You know, and it's like you get this one <laughs> side saying like, "Oh, this other side is like weaponizing their emotions," but it's like both sides, both of y'all are weaponizing your fucking emotions. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just you know, it's just a weird world we live in today. Like I, I see debates about I see debates about those two different sides about anything, bro. It could be anything. Yeah. Anything. It could be paper towels, you know, and then it'd be eventually it bear off to like, well, fucking liberals, bad. You know, right. conservatives, you know what I'm saying? It's bad right now, you know? And, and I hope that the conversations that we have in these trainings could help us because what I always thought about us, like as, so they got the picture, they got like this whole picture of a, a liberty group, right? And it's like, it's like this black dude that got like, you know, dressed like jeans on with like a wife beater hat. Then it's like the white dude. He got like a cowboy hat with like something. Then it's another dude that looked like a prep dude. Then it's just, it, it just looked like the Power Rangers, a group, right? And that's that's how sometimes <laughs> your Liberty groups look. Like it's like, yo, yeah. it's me, yeah. my boy, this person, we work together. Uh, well, this person just happened to be in my duty section. So we always go out. And then we got this person that we know is our DD. We about to go have fun and have a good fucking time. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to have that type of division. I think we need to be like the example of what like unity and togetherness and inclusion is like, cause right. we got to work hand in hand with each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a, a valid point. Like, and it, it highlights some things, especially in, in the olden days. God, I'm dating myself anyways. Um, <laughs> so I'm from California. Mm-hmm. And I'm from Southern California. I was born in LA, lived in San Diego for a long time, never stationed there. Figured that they would have sent me there. Nope. <laughs> North of Virginia. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks, Navy. But um, so I have never seen a political climate. I was I just came back from there mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. My my boys had never been to California. It was crazy. Mm. Um, so I said, we're going. I have never seen a political climate the way I have in, in Southern California as of right now. Mm. It is it is a largely blue state, but there are serious issues that have been exasperated by other people, and there are arguments on all kinds of fronts. Yeah, but the one that scares me the most, um, and I don't know if you feel it now, um, the one that scares me the most is is who's a patriot and who isn't. Yeah, that, yeah, that, especially yeah. when it comes to like service members, like, and and I've always been open, like even before I left, like when I went to DG from the Ford, like, um, I would have not political conversations with my first classes, but like there would be stuff that would happen in the world, and they would come to me to talk about it, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and I'll never forget a conversation that I had about, um. 
advantages and disadvantages of people. And I, it, he came to me and, and it all boiled down to, well, nobody's ever given me anything. Why shouldn't, why should this group of people get stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 the big... Yeah. And, um, it was very hard to explain because I, I feel I'm, I'm very culture. I'm, I'm an AB man. Like we are not, and we told you this in class, so we are not like the cream de la creme. Like we are so mixed yeah. of races and cultures and locales and education. Like we are, we are a salad bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like coming from where I was from, which is pretty cultured, um, going to the division that I was part of was, was very cultured being on carriers. You deal with a lot of people and a lot of different things. But y'all have one thing, whatever the mission is, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And so when we had this conversation, when we had this conversation, I'm like, bro, you have an advantage that you have not even thought about. Like you, so they might, I, I don't think we talked about this and um, it's something that Robert and I, like I told you, a different ideological spectrum, especially during the George Floyd stuff, is we we would talk about, uh, a lot of people would be like, oh, the, the judicial system's broken, policing is broken, and it's all broke, 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 broke. Well, my argument to that was, it was not broke. It was never designed in the way it's working. It was never designed because for 400 years, we have considered uh, people to be less than us. We put Mm -hmm. people into us and them categories. And until 1863, people were treated as three-fifths a person. Mm -hmm. And this is where I talk about when I mean the Air Force is a little bit ahead. Like, I just got back from a training in Minneapolis, and this is an Air Force Reserve thing that's going on. And we have this conversation. We have this little kind of debate. And it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but I'm all about it. Let's go. Because it's not broken. It was just, it was never designed. Yeah. It was never designed with women in mind. It was never designed with minorities in mind. It just wasn't. None of this was. None of it. Mm -hmm. The military has always been a jumping board to society. 1954, Harry Truman integrated the services. The Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act didn't come along until 1964, 1965. So 10 years ahead of schedule, right? We we put females on ships first before other services will put them into combat positions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there are just things that we do that we talk about that we're willing to talk about because we all have a say this, this shared set of values. And if people would just kind of get back to that shared set of values on our courage, commitment, uh, excellence and all we do. I can't remember the rest of the air forces once. Anyways, if, if we get back to those shared sets of values, like we talked about in ethics foundation, morals, values, ethics, mm-hmm. that shared set of values should lead us to be better people to be better Americans and back to the the point of patriotism. Like that's, that's the most frustrating thing to me 
is that I can have a completely different set of views and still wear this uniform and have served for 22 years. And you can call me something just simply based off of the, of a two second statement. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know nothing about me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And this is where I think we have to get open-minded. We have to be able to be open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. But just in the times we live in and stuff like that, we going more and more into like, Hey, if you don't agree with me, Fuck you. You know, you're wrong. I'm offended. You yeah, if you don't agree with me. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. If you don't yeah. see it like I see it. When like, you know, we talked about the Navy experience on here and like how is a SEAL experience the real Navy experience? Is a this experience the real Navy experience? You know, but it's the same thing with the American experience. Like, it's not one American experience. Nobody nope. has the same American experience. And some... And, so, and I talk to some people sometimes and they sometimes they don't get what I'm saying. But I say like, hey, like... We might not be seeing things through the same lens, you know? Mm-hmm. And then right. sometimes they might not. And, and it's funny when people try to make you like think the way that they think. And it's like, no, like this way that I think is based off of my experience through this amount of time that I've been here, growing up here in Philly, going through this, dealing with this, you know, everything that happened, moving to Jacksonville, seeing what it looked like when you go on this side. These are things you never saw ever, like ever saw, like you never saw. Like you don't know what I, so you can't say, hey, how come you can't do this? Or how come you can't do this? Or why are they happy to have an all black uh, housing community? Why are they so happy about that? What the fuck is the big deal? Well, if you go there and you lived there and you went and you lived in that experience, you would know what the big deal was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody say, every time I see this symbol or whatever, I think of this. I, like, Frank, we had a debate about uh, a noose uh, during the, during the uh, White House riots. It was like a debate about a noose. And one person on, a, and on one end of the spectrum was saying that a noose just represented like treason, like people got hung for treason. Um, and they was trying to tell a black person that like you shouldn't be offended as a black person by this noose because it represents treason. And the black person was like, it don't represent treason to me. <laughs> like, 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 that's strange fruit. Like that's what we see when we see a noose. We don't see fucking Game of Thrones, like high treason bullshit. We see black people hanging from, that's what our experience is. It, it, you can't change it just because you don't want to like visualize it, you know? Right. And that, so that was a big, that was kind of like, you know, I think that's a lot of what you were just saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that was a big thing that we, we went through. Yeah, it really is. And one of the things I think got me this gig is that um, I have always been a big perspective person. Mm-hmm. I've always understood or tried to understand that my perspective is not going to be the same. It's just, just perspective. It's not going to be the same as yours. Yeah. Yep. It can't, it's, so here's the thing. It cannot be. Nope. And for me to try to change or influence your perception or your perspective is futile. That is a waste of time, money, and energy. Yeah. Now, yeah. when it comes to culture change, that's, Big picture. That's not me trying to impress upon you my perspective. That's me just trying to impress upon you a different perspective that is not wholly of my own. Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I think that, that society would be better off if we were more self-aware? F- fucking A. Yes, I sure do. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that that's my perspective of 
you need to be self-aware in every single moment of every single thing that you do. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that all the time. I, like, but but making an effort or trying to do something is better than not. Yeah. Uh, however, like like when you're talking about like I so when we were in Minneapolis, I went to George Floyd Square, and it's 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 appalling to think about what happened there. And we didn't talk about, I don't know if this was before. One of the things that we had talked about in my class, and you'll remember this, I think, uh, one of my favorite topics and subjects was moral courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's still in there or not. There was a whole thing. Anyways, if only... If only somebody holding a camera had had some moral courage. If only somebody in a blue shirt had had some moral courage. These are the things that I think about. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're always right. But I think of, you know, people who shouldn't be in certain professions or certain jobs. um, Because of their character. You may be competent. Damo, mm-hmm. you remember what I'm talking about? You know I'm going with this. You may be competent as all get out and have no character. I don't want you a part of my life. I don't want you in my job. If mm-hmm. I can't trust that you told, if I, if I can't trust that you said, hey, chief, yeah, we, we changed the gaskets on that flange just so you could go home early. And I got to go back and check it again? Like, come on. That's not... you're competent all day. I know because I've seen you do it. I trained you, but you're a liar. You're a proven liar. Mm -hmm. You lie to take advantage of the situation to enrich yourself, whether that's time, money, whatever. Right. But now I got to go back because you have no character. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm just telling you right now, Derek Chauvin, I guarantee somebody somewhere along the line said, hmm, I don't really like him in my job or my profession. I should probably say something. Yeah. But they knew that they were going to get shunned or that they were going to get, you know, whatever, isolated or ostracized, as we said. Nobody had the moral courage to speak up. Yeah. It's like, you know, when things happen and people, when things happen and people be like, yeah, man, I knew, I knew eventually like that person would do this. I knew, you know, that's what happened, you know? Um, so, like, you talked about moral courage. We talked about that during the course, and we talked about, like, principles, mm-hmm. endurance, uh, danger, risk, and then we talked about how a lot of these things happen when it comes to peer systems, and it happen with when it comes to going against the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the th- and we're in a chief season right now, too. So one of the things we always preach about is, like, that blind uh, loyalty stuff, right? And just, like, being able to, like, check, being able to check your brother and sister, uh, when they doing things that, you know, we should, and, and all of that matters. Right. And I think y'all even gave us some scenarios, you know, stuff like that, things for us to, to work out. And that's very important that we teach that at a very junior rate so that they know, like, this is not what we trying to do. I'm talking to chief selects right now who still need to understand, Hey, we not just in the chiefs mess, just protecting each other. That's not the goal. That's not what we should be. That's not what the fuck we should be doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you're seeing that, that shit is wrong. You know, that ain't, right. that's not the what happens in the mess stays in the mess thing. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, 
So I, I think it is very good. And I also, so I went to SCA, you know, I'm, I'm a go scatter a little bit. I went to SCA a little after I took the course. And this feels like a, a baby brother to SCA or a cousin, like a cousin to SCA this course. Was that intended? A little, little cousin. Um, so it was taught and developed in the same place in the same building by a lot of the same people who were teaching CFC Cobb course. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, so I think that some of it has had trickled in. I don't know if you, since you've been through SCA, I don't, you eventually, if you haven't gone through SCLD, you should. Yeah. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know what happened to it. Like I trained the trainers <laughs> that were going to train the trainers. Yeah. And then I, once they said, Oh bro, sorry, you're just an E7. You can't teach it. Yeah. SCA was cool. I, I was, I was fucking flabbergasted to be honest with you. I was, I was, so livid because Jeff Oesian and I and Mike Fitzpatrick and a couple of uh, dudes from San Diego worked on this course for uh, like four and a half months and we get it all worked out. We train the the folks who are going to teach this. And then all of a sudden I get word. No, man, you can't teach it. You're just a seven. Yeah. I was fucking Man, I was pissed. I don't. I don't try to be using the f word on this podcast, but man, yeah, I was I mad. Yeah, I was mad, about. dog. Yeah. So, um, what was the what was the uh, ideology behind that, though? I was just a seven. No, nothing else. Like yes. no other. Nope. Like this was a this was a a Washington D.C. decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody relayed to them that at least two sevens helped developed what this latest iteration was. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one felt the need to say, hey, look, this person helped train the, the folks who are going to be training everybody else. So if anybody knows it better than anybody, it's probably a few. There were, there were a handful of us, honestly. Like the, the same week that we got shut down for COVID in the Navy, or especially NLEC, was the same week we were supposed to launch our very first pilot SCLC or mm-hmm. SCLD. S-L-E-D. S-E-L-D. Anyways. Um, yeah, S-E-L-D. And we had like a plaque made up for, the, for our guest speaker and the whole nine yards. And boom, it got cut off. And it was, it was me and uh, Scott McIntosh, uh, Steve McIntosh, we were going to teach it. We were both sevens. Bro, we worked on it for like a month and a half. Because one of the things we taught you is that if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Yeah. Right? The other thing we said was practice. And the other thing, and, and what, from what I have... What I hear about the way that things are going with your sailors, you are personalizing your plan. That's another thing we taught you. Mm-hmm. Bro, I hear retreat in the background. Oh, <laughs> I ain't heard that in a minute. Yeah, yeah but I, heard, I ain't heard that in a while. Anyhow, um, so you know, that's what we that's what we used to teach. Like yeah. we taught y'all, like, hey, I don't care what you do. Right. I, and I think Rob and I specifically told you, I do not care what you do. However, you have to relate. This flow and outline, these are just things that you can use and help and whatever. Like when it came to moral courage, there were some things that I had to talk about. I had to talk about Carl Bashir. I had to talk about MA2 Mayo. Yeah. Like other than that, I didn't really need to talk about anything. Yeah. And as long as we get, as long as we got back to the point of, and so I'll never just see story, right? So <laughs> I, we were teaching in Jacksonville and I was teaching with, uh, one of a new, a new facilitator. And 
we were in Jacksonville and like you didn't see with me and Rob because Rob and I had done it so many times together. And Rob was always kind of like, he would follow my lead or then I would follow his or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this gentleman that I was teaching with, bro, you know how like we would put it into a bow and then you just see like light bulbs on heads. Click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy would come back around after I was done. Everything was done. We're done. Lessons over. Yeah. We're moving on. Bro. And he would say one thing and then people would just, you would just see the whole confused look. And I'm like, shit, I got to do this whole thing. Like, I got to, come on, man. I got to go back and do this whole little wrap up again. And he did it like three times in yeah. two days. And finally I said, Chris, man, stop. <laughs> when I'm done talking, I'm, you were done talking. Stop. Yeah. You are brand new at this. I know you're trying and you're really trying to do this and that. I said, just right now you need to observe. You need to just learn. Yeah. Like you got, you like gotta, we, like we wrapped it you, up. Like, and, yeah, and, we, yeah, we, we, like, yeah. And he, and he you, the girl, but yeah. did she like him? <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, you realize in the last two days you've added two hours to class. Yeah. Just so, just so you know, like it's added two hours to class. But, um, I hear that in, in, some of the episodes and some of the things that you talk about, like yesterday or well, the one, I don't know when y'all talked about it, but was it just yesterday? This whole pop lock thing happened. Yeah. Oh. Pop lock was the last, uh, pop lock happened last week, but that was last week. So like you were talking about favorites, some of them brought up, it was Damon or, or yeah, Tish, was it yeah. you? Somebody, somebody brought up favoritism and they talked about one of the things that we had discussed about, you know, what do you do when you have that go get it sailor? Like, you know, willing to do whatever it took to get the shit done. And, you know, whether they're out there to impress you or, or what do you do with the people who just don't give a fuck? They're just here. Look, if I make it to work on time and I stay until I'm told to go, I get a paycheck. <laughs> right. Yeah. A friend of mine once told, not a friend of mine, a, a, an old scene chief once told me that sailors only care about two things. Top money and liberty. liberty that's yeah. it. That's it. That's a problem. <laughs> that's a mentality that no, and it's yeah. so that's the truth. But the truth sucks because that's something that we have got to get away from. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons we teach profession of arms is because of that mentality. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Oh, I, I mean, look, man, and it's a constant daily task to teach people that is more to the job. You know what I mean? Than liberty. Yeah. Do you feel so? I joined the Navy in May 2001. So in 2003, we invaded Iraq, and I'll never forget where I was when it happened. We were on deployment. We had just got done with like a 12 hour day, which is a lacking day uh-huh. for us on the flight deck. But I had just got out of the shower. It was like midnight. I just jumped in my rack, and I was at E4 at the time, and the fucking phone rang in the birthing. There's a 150 man birthing. Phone rings, someone picks it up, and they say, hey, flight deck, get back to the shelter. Mm. I was like, motherfucker. Then we turn the news on, and old George makes his announcement, and then we do what's called flex deck. You know what flex deck is? If it's up and can carry bombs, it's gone. Mm. Mm. Okay. Boy, we launched everything. Do y'all find, like, in those moments of the shit is now real, like when the plane comes back and it don't have bombs and it had three little yellow stripes on it, like it wasn't blue. Yeah. And you know you're in a foreign country or you're in foreign territory. 
Like, I don't know if you find that. And we always had, like, we had some of those folks who were always like, I don't give a shit type people up until that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like, it got real. And they were like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to make sure that we don't get messed up. Like, I mean, it was a wreck. I had no doubts that we would be okay. Yeah. But now it's a complete different ball game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my honest, my honest answer on that question, right? Because that question comes up a lot, SEA, different places. From what I've seen so far, I believe in the seller's ability to step up when it's time to step up. I, from every moment that it would, I think they care less about the bullshit. Like, hey, we just running drills because we running drills. Are we just doing this because we doing this? Every time it matters, these what I from what I've seen every time it matters these young sellers are at a peak fucking performance and they doing shit that you didn't even know that they could do you are like oh shit y'all yeah. like you do this like 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 you actually operate like this like yeah like we we literally just saw it well I can't talk about that but we literally just saw it recently it's like hey I didn't even expect them to do this but when it mattered they were performing in the way that they were supposed to fucking perform so at mm-hmm. this point me right now. I believe that we still got that. I don't know about you, T, uh, Tish, but I believe we still got that. I believe we do too. Um, and I can see on a leadership perspective why it's like, well, we train to fight. So if you're not taking it seriously when we're training, how are we as leaders supposed to be confident that when it's time to fight, that you're going to know what to do and yeah. that you're going to perform well? Like, I don't want to find out that yeah. you know some shit when we're in hot fire, like that's why we train leading up to it. And we train as though the shit is happening now. So I think, yeah, that's great that they can, um, that they can prove in that moment when it gets, when shit gets real, um, that they can perform. But as a leader, I want to know that before. Yeah. Now when the shit hit the fan though, teach the question, like when the shit hit the fan, have you seen people step up to where they, like where they I have, need to be. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, you ready? Yeah. I mean, you had to know it was coming. So we we discussed the the percentage of uh, what the public trust in the military yeah. during your class. It's it's dropped since mm-hmm. it's been dropping for the past ten years. Yeah. Well, what's 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 the what's the dilemma with the Bonham Richard then? Yeah. Now I don't, I, you know, that, I mean, so and I know in your experience, but like, this is just, it's just, this is just a thinking point. Yeah. And, but, and that's, a, it's and, not in your experience, but like that to me is something that is that the opposite spectrum. Like mm-hmm. in my experience, when the shit hit the fan, when it was real, like we came through. Yeah. And I know everybody's probably, um, Hopefully, most people who listen to this have read the report and they know what's wrong, what went wrong. But I had my mentor was on that ship on duty that day. Mm. Like there were people who just blatantly disregarded the the gray smoke yeah. that was coming bellowing down from the top of the ramp. Yeah, they yeah. thought it was like there was an a, like an excuse of they thought it was something they, they couldn't identify what it was, so they just didn't say anything. Like those are the things where we lose that public trust. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I, yeah, and I think on the side of what we what we do, because um, you know, one like I was a little speechless right there, right? Because I think on the side of what we do is the cultures that we create, right? And you got major cultures, and you got like many cultures, right? So mm-hmm. as like a as a electrician, my culture that I that I create is like pride in the work of us being electricians, right? And then we got, we, you go up and up. You got pride in the work of us being engineers, then pride in the work of us being this or that. When you get situations like that, it's one of them things that everybody need to look in the mirror. Like, yeah. you know, because that's not, in my opinion, uh, the BHR is not a, you know, because the question is always, uh, what is this next generation of sellers going to do? What is this next generation of sellers doing? There's another story I heard about, like, some actual, like, uh, missiles going off and a bunch of sellers running to the Mestex like scared as hell, right? But it wasn't just junior sellers. It was leaders, fucking khaki too, right? So I think when we start talking about things like that, like we got to point that mirror at like all of us too, like, because this ain't just that next generation. This us too. Like what, like what culture, you know, are we, and I'm not talking about Chiefs. I'm not just down and going hard on Chiefs right now. I'm just talking about all of us, like every leader. Like what culture did we kind of fester up here that, like we can't figure this out, you know? So one of the things that, oddly enough, one of the things that's in SLED is, S-E-L-D is a topic called generational bias. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that we've heard it. So in, in my current role with the Air Force, this is going to be the number one thing that I've tried to combat. I've, I've already done my analysis and... You know, it's I work in an Intel building um, that is very like, bro, when I mean the military bearing is not even close to the limit or level of the Navy, I absolutely 100% mean that. Mm-hmm. I've never in my time seen O6s talk to E6s using their first names, that kind of shit. Like, that's the kind of shit that I ex- have experienced so far. Yeah. I also, uh, I'm dealing with um, certain um, generational gaps, and it's 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 always like this blame game to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think it was on this last episode too. Somebody was talking about generations, or maybe it's the one before that. I can't remember. Anyhow, the the, the question came up of, of generational things, and. I, I always have a really pretty simple answer for that. And that's look in the mirror. Yep. If you don't like, yeah, it was, we talking about the, uh, the car buy or whatever. Oh, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always <laughs> about, um, like, Oh, you know, this generation does this, this, and this and that. Mm-hmm. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yours. It's, it's your fault. You are the ones who trained us, yeah. raised us mm-hmm. to be X, Y, and Z sailor. Yeah. If you didn't hold all of us to account well, to the same standard, counseling, counseling, counseling country mentor, remember, mm-hmm. or comms and feedback. If you didn't hold us all to the same standard and this person got through, well, blame yourself. Yeah. That, that's their fault. Yeah. Like they lack work ethic. Well, go find mom and dad and be like, yo, you should have made your kid mow the lawn better. I don't know. Like these are things that I I I know that I'm gonna have to deal with because I hear about it. You know, all the 
the airmen of this generation that and these kids these days this and like it's it, to me that shit is so annoying mm-hmm. because you don't have anybody to blame but yourself yeah. and remember they were saying the same shit back in like 1941 like, yeah <laughs> you know, everybody complains about the next one they said yo it, yeah. for real for real it apples absolutely happens why because we don't do the same things the same way that you did but that doesn't mean that they're worse. Right. Yeah. And these like these are, yeah, and these are the doors that we kick down for the future. Like, like we kick yeah, these down to make the, a better future. So. Right. These are the barriers we are trying to eliminate. Yeah. And you're bitching about them. Yeah. Like get out of here. These are the barriers that you put in place that we eliminated and you're complaining about. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the most obscene. And the shit gets on my nerves so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets so it's so aggravating. Mm-hmm. It's so aggravating. So what? Like, so what? So what? They found a better way to do it. So what? Yeah. Be happy for them. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, I know y'all experience that, but yeah, it's yeah. just and, and and you know, and my thing is, I think we gotta meet them. I think eventually we gotta meet people where they are. Right. Right. So yeah. I could say a million times that I don't think that a lot of young sellers are reading tech manuals, right? And my rate, right? Technical rate. I don't think a lot of young sellers reading tech manuals, right? And then when I, so I don't got to keep saying that. I talk to them now. I'm like, hey, you read tech manuals? And they're like, no. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not reading tech manuals. It's like, all right, so now we've identified that they not really reading tech manuals. So it's like, all right, so how do we adjust the way we training them? How do we adjust training? Like, what do we do? And then it's, in my opinion, my own selfish opinion is we're doing things to take away like advancement exams and uh, mm-hmm. abilities to like reasons to study and shit like that. We taking away more reasons. So I guess we kind of get in that. Okay. So the advancement exam might not be the route. This, this, that. All right. So what are we replacing in order to have these technical expert chiefs that we want to have? Right. You know, Mick Pond just recently put out a message about chiefs being technical experts. So it's like, all right, so as a Navy now, how are we keeping in line with what the Mick Pond envision of us being technical experts are if we're taking away <laughs> the exams? And if we know when we're identifying that these young sellers are not opening up tech manuals, right. you know what I'm saying? So what do we, how do we meet them where they are? Because we ain't, yeah. eventually we get washed out. Like that's the way the world works. Like eventually we're gone. You know what right. I'm saying? So what are we leaving our next generation of sellers with? I meant to read that because I, I um, a really good friend of mine works for Mark Warner now. Um, he was a CMC. Um, like before that, he was an NC Mass Chief on the Ford, Gene Garland, and, and I don't know what it was. It was something stupid. Uh, like he'd sent me a message on LinkedIn and was like, what do you think of this? And some dude had wrote a whole spiel about um, what a waste of time it is for for active duty people, specifically sailors. Well, yeah, it was McMahon. So sailors to get an education that didn't have anything to do with their rate. Mm-hmm. And Gene like lit him up, like, bro, you're an idiot. Like, first, education leads to a bunch of different things, yeah. like. So what would you have me study? That's what that my, to me, that, that would have been my question to him. What, what would you have me study? Petroleum engineering? Oh, cool. So you're going to send me to like one of 15 schools in the country that teaches that? Mm-hmm. No? <laughs> yeah. So so now mm-hmm. I can't get an education is what you're saying. So like that shit is, that shit is ridiculous to me. Like if, if we are eliminating technical experts, it's because we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if eliminating the advancement exam is the way to go. I, I don't necessarily think so. Um, I think that they still hold value engaging something like, um, do I think, I don't think that the eval system is fair. I never really have. Yeah. That's um, and right this there. is coming from a guy who was, I was always an EP guy mm-hmm. until I fucked up in 2012. <laughs> um, uh, well, when we lost Olivia, bro, I, had, I fell head first into a bottle. Yeah. I think I told y'all this. I was right straight ahead. So we lost our daughter in 2012 and I went straight into a bottle and I fucked up and got a DUI and I was like so nervous. I was going to get kicked out and the whole nine. Um, it didn't help that like six months prior to this, I was the command DAPA because the dude before me got kicked out of the job because he was doing drugs. Mm, um, but I knew about self-reporting. So that's the first thing I did. I got busted on a Friday night, got out of jail on Saturday, went to work on Monday. First thing I did was went to the CMC, said, here's my ticket. This is what happened. I ain't saying nothing else. And I been the DAPA like for other situations when they would, you know, the captain would still want to see them. And once you start opening your mouth and talking, that's when you fucked up. Mm-hmm. So you just, you don't say a word like anyways. Um, so this is coming from a guy who I had stayed like on the straight and narrow and busted my ass to get X, Y, and Z. And I always wanted to be EP guy and da 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 da. And I had, I was supremely, um, I supremely benefited from that. But I know just as much as I busted my ass, four other guys busted their ass. Yeah. Because they were right next to me doing the same things. Mm-hmm. I may have done something or one or two things like different or more like um, efficient or effective or whatever. And then you throw that word in there, sustained. And all of a sudden, it's fucking magic. Well, I only have three EPs I can give out. This dude is just asked out because I only have three. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, is, that, is that a level of equity? I don't. I would submit to you no. But what's, like you, like you suggested, what's the, what's the solution to that? Yeah, yeah. The eval, I don't know if anybody's a better answer to that. Yeah, the eval system to me is is, is flawed. I talked about yeah. it here. I talked about it. I talked about it. that was my SEA final project. It was about it. I actually, had, yeah, uh, I actually had to change it. You know, they was like, "Hey, yeah, your conclusion has to be positive." I was like, "Oh, let me rewrite this whole thing bad. because it's, I'm not. I, I didn't have anything positive to say, um, and now I don't know when we're gonna figure it out." Um, do I believe that we can have an evaluation system? Yes, I do. I believe some kind of way we can. Like civilian jobs even have, right? But right. I think they, I think the whole um, truth and reporting thing that I feel like we got away from, like mm-hmm. are we, who knows if we ever had it, but I think truth and reporting is kind of messed up. And I think it's, uh, it's become this strict comparative thing that, to me, it get, like when my wife get an evaluation from her supervisor, she's not getting evaluated against like her peers. Yeah, it's just how she's doing. You know what how I'm she, what her performance is like. And now living on the other side of this bubble in the GS world, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm not compared to my peers. I'm compared to what 
what goals were established for me mm-hmm. that I came up with my myself mm. in, in conjunction and coordination with my supervisor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these are the three goals that we're going to set out for this six-month period. And as your midpoint review, we're going to go over whether you accomplished them or not. And if you did, great. What did you do? How did you do it? How effective was it? Yeah. That's what I'm graded on now. Yeah. I'm not... It doesn't I mean it doesn't hurt that I'm the only one in the entire six thousand person command. Yeah. But actually, I'm about to be the second uh, because we hired one for the group. Anyways, um, so it, I think that it's. I think there are things, bro, that we can do that we 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 abuse unwittingly and unknowingly. Yeah. So in the GS world, we have what what are called time off awards. And you can also get monetary awards. So like I've only been in this job since April and I just got a 24 hour time off award. Congrats, man. I guess. Thanks bro. Appreciate (laughs) you. So here's the deal though. What like we give whatever Liberty chips, 24 hour Liberty chips out like they're candy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, as a chief, I did it. I'm not, no, no joke. Like you did your job and you did it well. 24 hour liberty. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing special. You just did what we paid you to do. Uh-huh. Right. And like, but on the flip side of that, bro, I would have hate to live by this whole time card shit. The, the, I, me trying to figure out how to do these time cards. <laughs> you know, that is, bro, it is bonkers. There are so many different categories and like, I have to travel a lot. So anytime like I'm traveling, like what we used to do with y'all, we used to drive up on Sunday and, you know, not get back home until like Friday night. Yeah. In the civilian world, in the GS world, all of that is comparable. So like if I'm I have to travel on Sunday to DC uh to go to a conference. Well, that four and a half hours that I'm driving up there on Sunday is all comp time. Mm-hmm. I have to take that within the year. Yeah. So like, bro, there are so many different rules and shit, and you're trying to figure it out. But the the benefit I think of and like is only as lasting as the mess makes it. Yeah, and I, and, and as as is every Navy program, I think. Program, yeah. You know, every Navy program. I, I got, I got, I got uh, something though that I want to talk about uh, about Enlic and about our course. Um, we learned about counseling, right? So that, like, outside of ethics and um, the trolley car situation and stuff like that, some of these things stick with me forever. But um, we, we learned about counseling and it stuck with me because I never learned about counseling in that way before, right? Um, and now I use that all Does the time. Yeah, I used to answer. I didn't even know that there was a counseling se- section in there, but me hearing that just made me so excited because as an LN, like that would make our job so, like people hose that up all the time and th- they don't know how to, do a uh, counseling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The number one question, oh my bad, don't. The number one question we asked was what, Demo? What was the first question we asked about counseling? Did, did, did you state the standard, right? Did you state the standard? Well, that was part of the, but uh, how many pages on a counseling shit? Yeah, how many pages on a counseling shit? And- Bro, and every single time it was either one or two. Yeah, like no one knows. Do, and we let them go. Just give them as much leniency as they want. Yeah. And then you just be like, no, man, there's three. Yeah, <laughs> three pages. 
It's the third page. So then we talked about like four paths, right? Like the reasons why people mm-hmm. do things and it'd be like, is it lack of knowledge, right? So if it's lack of knowledge, this is how we conduct this counseling. Like, but we always start off by stating a standard, right? Mm-hmm. If it's lack of ability, this is how we conduct this counseling, but we state the standard first, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. making up words. These are the four words, right? If it's lack of willingness, right? Like the person just don't want to fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? We state the standard and then this is the path in which we take to give the counseling. Then is, is it an emergent issue, right? And that's normally, you know, that's normally what you get teach the emergent issue. Like, oh, well, I'm late because my wife is, is, is that. Yeah. All right, let's, I miss ship's movement. Yeah. Because, yeah. Let's state the standard and then let's take this path you know, it, it, I'm telling you, Teach. So Teach retired, right, John? But Teach, it was a good fucking course that I went through. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. so it's a good thing going on because I never got that lesson. And I've given yeah. counseling. I've given counseling now. You know, and I'm, I'm talking to my first classes. I'm like, hey, look, let's go in there. Let's stick mm-hmm. the standards. Right. the observed behavior. Right. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> we we not because I used to be the one. You know, the hey, have them stand outside. You know, and then Bruh. have them bring them in. And when they come mm-hmm. in, have them add attention and then ask them, you know why you here, right? <laughs> you know why yeah. you're know here, right? You know, this is like a cop pulling you over and be like, you know why I pulled you, know you, right? you over? You know why we got nah, you? Nah, right? no, no. I don't you answer know, questions. Man. No. Yeah. So that was, hey, bro, that was, that one there, like, was an instant, like, benefit. Unfortunately for me, fortunately for me, I was on, like, short duty and, like, we didn't have any sellers to, like, really get in trouble at that moment. It's oh, time. yeah. Right. It's real now, ain't it? Yeah, it's yeah. real now, ain't it? Back the ship now, we, you know, we got counseling. Shit. And even if it's not, like, a, a disciplinary counseling shit, like, we go in there with the same thing. All right, let's take the standard and let's, let's, let's do it like this. So that, so that right. stuck with me. Um, the trolley car situation. Stuck with me. I always talk to sellers. That's kind of when sellers don't know if they should go or not, because this like is just another like for a, a seller that did not walk in that class, did not get a good sell of it. It's just another course, another thing that's going to get me out of work, another whatever. Right. Um, so I always be like, hey, look, sit down like this is the type of things they talk about in there. Right. And I do. I, I, I'm sorry if I give it away for them, but I'll be like, hey, look, look, boom. And I go over this trolley situation. He's like, oh. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to go. It's like, and so it's so many, and it's so many exercises, you know, and I don't want to give many of them up because I want people to um, go through it and get it, you know, so it's a lot of things, but man, we, we go through. So we talked a lot about morals, values, and ethics, right? But we also talk about trust. We talk about character. Um, we talk about cellarization and leader development. It's a tree, right? So the tree is compliance. Um, so, you know, that's where we got the seller starting at. Then we got self-sustaining, then we got trust and we got legacy. Um, and that's broken down, Tish. Um, what happens when personal values don't align with organizational values? Mm-hmm. You know, so we, and, 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 and we go through that, you know what I mean? So this whole thing, John is, is, in my opinion, is needed. You know, it, yeah. it is very much needed for leaders and, and, and junior sellers alike, right? And what I like about it, is now it's taught like a stepping, like a stepping stool, right? Mm-hmm. So you go as an E4, you get this training, right? Yep. You go as an E5, you know, then you get this training, you go as an E6, and it's building block. It's just built onto whatever it was that you learned. Because the goal is to see, like you said, the goal is to see a CMC that went from here to here to here to SEL, um, well, SEA. And then I think uh, it might be another one coming soon or something. I'm not sure if there's any more coming. 
Um, but if it is, you know, who knows? But like, it's, I'm out, bro. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same <laughs> I'm done. I've been there. So my question for you, though, about this is that I got a million notes, but I don't think we're going to get them all, get to them all. But my question for you is, what's the metric? Like, how did you all know that this program, how did you all know how this program was doing? Um, so it's different for every facilitator. Uh-huh. And that's, that's, it's hard. It's going to be hard for people to wrap their head around because, and it's funny that you asked that question because there's no metric for me to measure how effective, um, that training was or the things that I do now. Uh-huh. There's no, there's not a metric for me to do that. It's like me asking you, um, Simon Sinek does it right. How much do you love your wife? Right. Yeah. There's no metric. Like you did one, you didn't one day and then you did the next. I can't go up to people and be like, Hey, are you still uh, prejudiced against uh, Hispanics? <laughs> and then like take that down. And as a, as a tool, the only thing that we can do and that, that Robert and I knew that we were effective when we taught and Arlene and you know, every Arlene and I and Robert and I taught the most together, or those are the people that I taught the most with. Our measuring stick was how much feedback we got. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, and, and I don't know if this is indicative of all services, but I, I'll just put that. So, one of my first things that I wanted to do when I stepped in this role was look at the DOX. Mm-hmm. Bro, I didn't get that to like a month later. Mm-hmm. I, I was asking and asking and asking and asking. I'm like, damn, why are these people holding this shit up for me? Like, you you hired me to do this job. Like, yeah, I can I can go back there and read shit on my computer for eight hours if you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But you paying me to do this, so it took me like I, it was like a month and a half before I was there before I got the DOX. Mm-hmm. There was nothing crazy stupid about it. Like I, there are some things identifiers that I know that I need to address. But the number one thing that killed me was that there was 27% return. Only 27% of the whole entire command mm. responded to DX. Yeah. And having been on a command assessment team on the Ford, I know that that, at least for us on, our, and on the Ford, was kind of the same. You're asking about quantitative things. But when you start to ask qualitative questions, when you start to get... And I always told you all my, my one goal was to get one person one thing, one person to take one thing away. And then, and I also, we also told you, we're not just trying to make better sailors. We're trying to make better people. Yeah. That the trolley thing that you're talking about comes from behavioral ethics and decision-making. Mm-hmm. Why we do the things we do, why we choose certain things, certain paths. Um, so for, for me and Robert and Arlene, like if we would get quality feedback from students not right afterwards. I want feedback a month from now. Yeah. I, I want you to send me an email that says I'm still doing X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. or this, that, and the other. And if we got anything from them, then we knew we were effective. So I, I can't tell you, I have, there were a couple of LNs that we had, like when we launched this thing virtually, we'd, I honestly, I had no idea how it was going to work out Yeah, because FLDC, like the first memory, the first three days of your class was us teaching you. Yeah. So we did that on a virtual level. Mm-hmm. The last two days of your class was you teaching us and us throwing hand grenades in there 
to throw that's your ass off track. Man. That's a crazy yeah. spot, man. <laughs> that's a lot of people didn't like me by the end of the week, Tish. A lot of people were like, yo, I hate your face. And I was like, I know. I know you do. I did it on purpose, man. No, but anyway, how, that's so how like, uh, Damo remembered you. He's like, I hate this motherfucker, man. Actually, no, actually, nah, Tish. You know, I, oh, man, when I walk in the room, T, well, you always start talking about how I am, whatever. No, when I, like, you know, I don't, Look at shit like that. You know what I mean? So I had like these guys, man, they had a, they kind of demanded respect, you know? And I don't mean like in an aggressive way. I mean, they, you know how we say you got to stand on that and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot of foundation there. Like I couldn't, like John, he had it together, you know? Like, so he talked about the personal stuff. Um, He was smart. Like he knew what the fuck he was talking about. uh, The right amount of, it was just the right amount of everything. Like it just seemed like a whole season deal. So I respect it. I don't even like giving people this many props. You know what I'm saying? I respected a lot of what the way they presented and then the way him and Rob, it was like shake and bake type shit. You know, it was, like fucking, <laughs> you know, they just, I, I pick up where Rob had more of a, um, he didn't seem as like, uh, knowledgeable, like me say, he just he seem he ain't seem as knowledgeable as John with like the the like um, the philosophical stuff and all that like deep thinking shit. But Rob seemed like like a really down to earth dude, like 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 more like like so like you catch a bear with him and fucking you know you could just sit with him. John, like you wanted to ha- like I feel like if. Coming out the class, I feel like if I wanted to like go talk, I need to have my shit together a little bit. This guy, <laughs> Rob, Rob seemed uh, more so. All right, so Rob seemed like the hugger, right? Rob seemed like the dude that's gonna pull you alongside. Hey, I got you, you know, bro. And John seemed like the person that's gonna give you a little bit of shit first, like what the fuck you, mean? you know. And then boom, and then still help you, but it's like, all right, let me make sure, you know. So they, it was a nice little two man um, punch that they had that I appreciate. Yeah. So when I walked out of there, I, I'm not, you know. You know, teach man. Yeah, no, me in I know. Room with, you know, send me in a room with. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was a respect thing. You know, and, mm-hmm. and when somebody when somebody come through with they shit together like that, you can't do nothing but respect it. You know what I mean? Right. And, I, and it, when it don't seem like that was the because some people do that and you could read it like, oh man, they trying to like have they shit together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, all right, all right. So here's my, you know, and I'm gonna get off of it in a second. I hate when Will Smith, you know, I got to get some Will Smith hate. That's like an annual thing on his spot. <laughs> I hate when Will Smith make movies that seems like he's trying to win a fucking Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, my, fa- my favorite actor of right now, I hate when he do it. Like, yo, are you just trying to fucking win an Oscar? You, are you fighting a bear? Are you out in the fucking wilderness? For, are, did you do this just for an Oscar? Because this movie's not entertaining at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I didn't see that. You know, with John and Rob, it, it felt sincere. It, it mm-hmm. worked. You could tell they was in there for like they didn't done it for a while. Well, oil machine type shit. You know, yeah. Rob and I have been through some shit together because I told you all. Well, I told in class and Rob and I had known each other. We have known each other now for a little about 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, Rob, Rob brought his first baby to the island in Sicily. And we had our first baby on the island of Sicily. Rob and I coached high school football together. We won championships together. Yeah. Uh, we lost championships together. Like Rob and I were uh, kind of separated in the middle, but my second duty station and my very last duty station and his, we were together again. So 
Rob and I had been through a lot of shit together. And we also knew how each other tipped. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Rob was very much more the, the down-to-earth, like, this is why I didn't teach y'all RNA. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Yeah, you actually said, yeah, I'm not. I, hate, <laughs> I hate it. I hated yeah. it. I couldn't. I can't stand it. I hate that whole section. Uh, that? If I could have the responsibility, accountability, authority, oh, okay. I hate that yeah, section. That's like one of the first, I hate it. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. Like it shouldn't be in there. I just don't like teaching, teaching it, it because mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not big picture to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob is is not that he's not big picture, but I think five ten years down the road, I, I'm a long term thinker. I like to I like to think about myself in that way. I think Rob is very much more a what well, it's going to happen in the next six to months to two years type guy. Um, and that's also what makes this work is because we're two different spectrums on certain things. And then we're right next to each other on some things. And then we're on different, like, but he's open-minded. Like he's an open-minded guy. Yeah. Anyways. Um, it only seemed like I had my shit together because I cared. Yeah. And Rob cared. It's just, he cared in a different way. Yeah. Like I live for this shit. My degree, my MPA is in public management. A lot of it, more than a third of it is built on ethics. I never, I don't know if I told you this story. I don't think it happened yet. I got my ethics teacher fired. Damn. Bro. For being on. So I graduated from, I graduated from Arkansas state. You'll love this story. I graduated from Arkansas state. Never been in Arkansas. Don't ever want to go to Arkansas, but I'm a USC guy. Uh, and USC had accepted me for the MPA, but USC's program is about $64,000. I was going to use the, um, the voucher, the advanced education voucher for us, like E79. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would still be on the hook for like 32 grand. I was like, mm-hmm. nah, let me go figure something else out. So I look at their accreditation. I find Arkansas State. Same accreditor. So it's like, bet. 11 grand versus 64,000. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the 11. So... Yeah, demo. This happened afterwards. So anyway, so <laughs> you know, you know, so we we start um, ethics, and he tells me, and the assignment is the big assignment. We have to decide by week two what it's going to be. Um, he says you have to give me an unethical dilemma, like this whole project of why it was unethical, blah 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 blah. So I was like, this is easy. Got this. So I picked Cambridge Analytica. The whole thing with the the voting and the numbers and all this stuff. And so he emails me and says, Hey man, you can't, you can't do that. That wasn't unethical. I said, okay. Um, can we like, can we zoom about this? Can we talk about it? Like what's what? And so he's like, yeah, yeah, we can. And so, okay, cool. So we talk about it and he's like, well, what, what rule or law was broken to make it unethical? I said, who said that there has to be a rule or law? broken to for something to be unethical mm-hmm. he says well typically there's a rule or law in place and someone breaks it and it's unethical i said typically sure but there are also societal norms that aren't rules or laws they're just norms that we consider unethical mm-hmm. i.e what, what we talk about papua new guinea and cannibalism right that was a, that, mm-hmm. that was a moral thing but that's a societal norm for them that's okay and not for us it's not okay So, um, we kind of get into it and he says no and blah, 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 blah. So the next night we have our first zoom class and I, I'm a long-term thinker. 
homeboy was playing chess or checkers. I was playing chess <laughs> because I knew I was going to put his ass on the spot in front of everybody. Because you, first off, you're not going to teach me ethics, motherfucker. I teach ethics. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. So this is what I did. Dead ass. I pulled out the book. I pulled out our book. The one that I fucking know by heart. Cause I helped manicure half of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is kind of like after the lesson and it was either me or the fact that this motherfucker was drinking the whole time that we was on zoom. Um, I said, would you agree or disagree? And I gave him our def- definition of ethics, that this is a definition of ethics. He said, yes. I said, then why are you telling me that I cannot do Cambridge Analytica as a final project? He said, blah, blah, blah. I said, but hold on. You just said that this is what ethics is. Mm-hmm. You just agreed with this definition. And now you're telling me that it's not because uh, whatever. And so I was like, no, this ain't going to happen. So the next day, we find out that um, <laughs> he's no longer our teacher. And the department head has taken over mm-hmm. on ethics. And so, well, two things. One, I kind of fucked up. Cause she was much harder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but two, but two, and more importantly, I was right. So, yeah. um, no, no, it, like it's, it's something that you have to like, I don't know. It's just something is the big picture. It's just very big picture. And if we can get more people to think big picture rather than, and we discussed this also in class, right? Like people are really concerned about the things that they see outside the front door. That's it. Yeah. They don't give a shit about the kid in East LA who is sleeping on the street with his mom because they can't get a housing voucher mm-hmm. to live in a different neighborhood. Nobody gives a shit about that. Mm-hmm. I care about that. Like that, I, that's, a, that's something that's wrong to me. Um, but I have a huge sense of social responsibility. Like I, I will take on other people's shit because I don't, I, I have it in my brain that because I, if I take it on, some of it will be taken off of them. It won't, mm-hmm. but it's just the way my brain works and it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out to Rob because I hope, I hope it ain't sound like I said Rob is. No, the, no, no, no. Because yeah, Rob knows what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, <laughs> Rob knows he, what you he mean. simplified like a lot of shit. So he was that guy. Um, he is that guy. Yeah. So, you know, a question for you is is anything lacking? Like as you were leaving the program, right? Um, whether it be program based or support based, you might have already uh, talked about it. Is anything is anything lacking? And like, how can all hands help? So like, um, how can chiefs help? How can junior sellers help? Like, you know, how can we keep this program up and running? Great. Um. So, get your sailors off the ship mm-hmm. and get them into a classroom. Like this, this shouldn't be something. And now it's mandatory. Like, you don't like we, we preface this so long ago. We told everybody, Hey, this is going to be mandatory in X amount of years. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have time. Don't rush. Like, yes, we want to see your sailors. And then COVID hit. Yeah. But the deadline never changed. And so now, especially when I was coming out, like we had classes every damn week for all 42 people. <laughs> we was hustling. The problem is, is that the fleet has a bunch of facilitators that are not teaching. Mm-hmm. They're not able or willing 
I don't know which one it is. It may be one. Or, I don't know. Um, to to help teach because they would be able to 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 take a lot of pressure off the end like, yeah. and then it advances those sailors. Like it sets them them up for success, and they're going to be your predecessors. So why would you not want to set them up for success? I don't know, but no, get get them off of ships, get them into classes. Skippers. You know, I, saw, I saw a lot of emails going out asking for people to go to the the facilitator, train the facilitator course or train the trainer course more than I think I should. I, it almost seemed like they were begging for people. Um, and that was just kind of crazy to me why people weren't like just kind of jumping at the opportunity. Even I wanted to go, but I was getting ready to bounce out. So it was like, I'm taking up a spot for someone who's going to actually be there. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't justify going, but it, it was almost like the CMCs were begging the mess to sign up for the, for the train the trainer course. Damn, I'm, I'm looking at you, dog. What, what did we say? Yeah, <laughs> Everybody who came to that course was supposed to be vetted. Yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah. And that's, that's part of why, like, Tisha, you bring a great point. That's part of why there is a gap mm-hmm. in facilitators now. Is that you were supposed to be vetted. You were supposed to be selected and, and recommended by your chain of command. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we wanted that is because we wanted reliable people who were going to go to the fleet and not. So, and this has probably changed. I hope to God it has. Coming right out of COVID, um, there was a student of mine, like way back when I first started teaching. It was a bro. It was a class of straight up E nines, and one E eight. And I and I think we talked to you about it in class, and like we had a lot of leniency. If we didn't think that you had buy-in, we weren't graduating. Yeah. We weren't. And I only had to do that twice. And the, and the, the, the very first time I had to do it was in my second class. And it was a special class that they had asked for. And during a break on like day two, one, one senior chief, like, uh, bro, he went off on like the whole simio being a waste of time and money and all this and blah, 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 blah. I heard that shit. I was like, nope, you you, nope, this is not for you, homie. Like, yeah. and like that, that sucks that you believe that way. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with you saying with me, like, it's not punitive. Some we talk, like we've said it a million times, like some of this is not for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We get it. But if you came buy in, if you don't have the buy in one, necessarily going to see through it. You're going to water it on the program. You're going to embarrass me and my reputation as a facilitator. Um, and so like that was that was the hardest part is is getting the buy in and having folks work through it. Uh I will give you my my the two moments in my career that I've been disappointed the most. And they both happen and luck. Coming out of COVID, our some of our incoming people eights and nines, majority nines that I taught. Uh, one of them were going to be like one of our CMCs. They had zero buy-in. Oh. None. And you could tell because of the way that they spoke about the pandemic and things that were going on in the world. And um, 
it would become much later on down the road, but uh, one of my students would go on to uh, disparage another person based on a prejudice. And it was like a a knife to my heart. I was just like, damn, I must suck because one motherfucker over here just don't care at all. And everybody can tell. And the other ones over here just saying whatever the fuck he wants without repudiation because of one lived experience that they had. And don't get me wrong. It was traumatic, but it doesn't give you the right to go prejudice other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, and it, it was the same class. These were two people Damn. in the same class. Yeah. And I was just like, and they were in like a man. Like they represented Emma. I was just like, fuck man. Like this is, this is ridiculous. And you're going to have that everywhere you go. Like you're going to have those folks who, you know, embarrass the mess and embarrass commands and blah, 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 blah. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But for me to be their facilitator in a leadership and ethics course in which they are now a, a part of a command like it's the worst like yes. even though this person was going to be our senior enlisted leader I, I don't know why I didn't go to them I lacked the moral courage to go to the skipper and say yo <laughs> I, it's your call sir I get it but I'm going to let you know right now my my perception and my perception is this person don't give a shit yeah. like he would have been a, he was a great leader at something that's operational and technical but for something as abstract as this was Wrong person. Yeah. The wrong guy. Yeah. Hey, so I feel like you was about to say something about skippers. Yeah. Um, I think skippers, yeah, I was. Um skippers gotta like they have they have got to be so they're they're off also officer leader development courses. I don't think the enlisted folks know this. Yeah. They're man. also courses that they that they are required to take. Mm-hmm. Like Divo Divulsi, Div- Division Officer Leadership course yeah never heard of it. like that, yep it goes <laughs> I was gonna all, ask you that question so uh, yeah. all comes through and look like we have our own contingent of officers who teach officers and we teach enlisted folks and sometimes we mix, mix and match um to teach certain subjects anyways um i think the skippers are well aware of those courses and i think they're well aware of enlisted courses mm-hmm. But I think that when it comes down to the pressure of mission accomplishment or mission readiness, um, mission is going to trump people every time. And that is a damn shame. Yeah. yeah. Because the mission ain't nothing without the people. Right. Yeah. And so, and I've been in these spots and I'm sure we all have stories where we have been fucked over by the people that we're supposed to trust and the people who are supposed to take care of us. But then their real colors come through and they just kind of leave you holding the bag. Mm-hmm. And that just creates a, a level of distrust. I think skippers have to hold the mess accountable for getting this portion of their sailors' lives done. Mm-hmm. If, if there is a huge gap in FLDCs not being completed or ILD, whatever, and you can see the trends, like you can see the numbers. Okay, we haven't sent, you know, any, any sailors to the class in the past seven months, or we haven't taught a single class on our carrier in the past seven months. Well, why the hell not? Like, yeah. there, there has to be something. And I'm not saying like the skipper needs to go hold the mess accountable, but the, the triad needs to be aware of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I mean by that. 
coming out of COVID, one of the people that I taught in this class that I had to kick the guy out. Um, there was an email that went out and the email went to 700 people, 700 qualified FLDC facilitators in the greater Norfolk region. So Richmond down to the North Carolina border, Mm -hmm. 700 people, 14 responded. So that's what I mean by it will stay alive as long as we don't fuck it up. Yeah. And those and like cannot do it all. Yeah. They just can't. They don't have the people. They don't have the resources. Commands that have people who are qualified. Like, it, bro, I just, we spoke about this in class. It, go down to Pier 5 to the DDG and be like, hey, any FLDC facilitators here? Bet. Why don't we take 10 of your sailors and we'll take 15 of my sailors. There's 25. I can go get a classroom somewhere. We can bring them on the car. Like, well, I don't know. Like, get creative. Yeah. yeah. Do something. Like, I mean, and if I had gone back to the fleet, that's what I would have done. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen to me. This, this body was not going to run around flight decks no more. Wasn't going to happen. Good enough, Dad. Tell me about Good Enough Dad. Oh, man. So uh, Good Enough Dad was like right um, as I was getting ready to go. Um, And part of that was an omen to the fact that parents are always producing their best version of themselves in, uh, in a snapshot. Everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. Moms are expected to do 7,500 things for their kids. And it's all supposed to be looking wonderful. And dads are supposed to be these, you know, um, champions of whatever. But in reality, in, in my, my estimation, is that through life experience and trauma, being good enough is enough. Yeah. Being just good enough, uh, you know, this goes back to any given Sunday, this the Al Pacino's reaching on someone. <laughs> They're all around you, right? <laughs> Those moments of good enough are all around you. Yeah. And like, if you're scratching and crawling and like, you're just, it, burnout is real. And if you try to just be like the best parent ever or the best chief ever or the best sailor ever or whatever, you pick, pick whatever title you want. Um, being good enough is okay. Like being good enough is enough. Yeah. Your kids, your sailors, your peers, they will thank you because of the things that you've shown them by being good enough. Yeah. To me, that was a huge piece of um, good enough dad. And, and especially for, for service members as part of, as it was the other 50% of that because there's so much that I missed out on the boys' lives, birthdays, and you know we all experience these things. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, damn, did I sacrifice those times with my kids because I was, you know, whatever, just trying to, you know, live my best life or whatever. And, and 
it, it, it made me feel like I, I, I self-diminished the times that I did have. Mm. Like mm. they, they, like I was not good at, I was not a good enough dad because I was gone so much, but now you, you flip the script and you get through that cycle of, Oh, I wasn't good enough. And I look at the accomplishments of my kids and where they seem to be going in life. Yeah. And like the story is not written, but from what I can see, I did good enough. Yeah. They're happy. They're healthy. They're not doing the same shit that I was doing when I was their age. <laughs> like I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I got one going to college next year. Um, and it's either going to be JMU or GMU. Who knows? Uh-huh. We're taking bets. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so I, I think that I just, I think service members get, can get wrapped up in it. And the fact that, you know, I've been gone so much and was I good enough at this? Was I good enough at that? Was I good enough? Whatever. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like, you know, yeah. like even like, you know, my wife probably listening and she probably like, like, okay. But like, when I'm home, you know, I feel bad if I'm too tired to do something. Like, yo, I'm fucking too tired. Like, even if I was going, like right now, I'm geobatching. I'm really only home on, like, on Saturday. Like, so I get home Friday. I'm home for Saturday. And then Sunday, um, it's a weird thing because I leave at 2 in the morning. So I'm, like, trying to go to sleep by, like, 8. And I go back to, you know, Virginia from the D.C. area. So it's like... It's times where it's like, yo, I worked all week, really. I don't feel like doing this. Or I don't feel like doing this. And I beat myself up about it all the time. You know, especially, you know, my wife pregnant right now and stuff like that. I, and I'm like, damn, yo. Like, but it's like, I literally don't feel like doing it. And my wife, every time she's like, hey, I'm so thankful, you know, best husband, you know, all this stuff. But it's like in my head, I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. Like pretty much, you know, like you, like you, like kind of just said, and I think about it, I was thinking about it, but when we do have our uh, daughter and think, shit, do people know I'm having a girl? Yeah, they do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. But yeah, so they do. But yeah, I, I think about that a lot, man. I do. And I, I think that, uh, I think that's, and that's a, that's a blog that you do. Yeah, it was a blog. I, I had done it for a long time. I think it's still up. I haven't done a, a, a submission in a long time. Uh-huh. Um, bro, my my career path to what I do now was kind of crazy. I, I got out. Uh, I skill bridged for the city of Chesapeake. And that also included the circuit court. And then I went back to the city of Chesapeake. Thanks. And then I finally got out and got um, like I was officially out. And I was with the city for like a month and then I got hired by the air force and I was like, sorry, city, I'm out. <laughs> like, I know you just hired me, but I'm leaving. Um, yeah. I think that in my experience that having reconciled my exhaustion in service is is now benefiting my children in ways that they can't even imagine that I can't imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What one of the biggest problems I think for uh my family, the Quillen family, is like a lack of generational wealth. And it's it's like this for a lot of minorities. Like I'm not a minority, but it's like this for a lot of minorities where um or people of that have not been um wealthy. Mm-hmm. 
is that we, we, we don't have this ability to, to create this generational wealth. And I think that now because I've done these things that I've done and I've retired from the military and, and all this good stuff and the 100 PNT is, I think, 100% warranted, but it also gives them an opportunity to go to school in Virginia for free. Yeah. Their, their, grad, their undergrad degree is going to be free. Nice. On top of the VA's benefit that, that they're going to, the stipend that they will get from them. Yeah. Which is going to go aside for grad school. But anyways, um, I don't know if I can do that. Anyways, we're going to use it for college <laughs> either way. Um, so it's giving me an opportunity to create generational wealth. That's going to be good for my, my grandkids. So my perception has kind of changed. Shocker. Um, is that now I, I know I'm good enough. Yeah. I know I'm good enough. Um, and I also have created this like set of boundaries. Like I'm super involved in, um, if you ain't got nothing to do on Saturday night, you need to come to Chilled Ponds in Chesapeake, Hampton Rose Junior Whalers, USPHL, it's juniors hockey, it's great. I don't know if you like hockey, but I'm involved and I've got a bunch of great people around me. Colton Tuber used to play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a head coach and CJ Swagger. Like all of these guys that I've been involved with since I got out, uh, we've kind of created like the bond, like the bond that is the cheese mess. Mm-hmm. I've kind of recreated in this hockey team. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of junior sailors looking up to the chief and like Colton's the skipper. And like, it, it's weird because uh, I try to instill some of these things in them, but being involved with that has uh, kind of helped me see the value in what I did at Enlick. Yeah. The experiences that I've had in the Navy, the experiences that I've had in life. Um, and, you know, through the hockey club and um, through the seasons that, that we like, we had a real rough year last year. We had a lot, lots of issues yeah. and uh, tubes, myself and Mike McCall, the only, the only three originals still la- lasting and everybody else is kind of new. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's important to me to know that I I'm, I'm good enough. I'm okay with the boundaries. Um, now that I probably was like, I would take on too much. And, and I know that I've got to limit myself sometimes to, to the things that I'm comfortable with, the things that I know that I can accomplish. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I can't save the world, man. Yeah. I started saying no, like, uh, at my last, when I, when I got to my last command, uh, the command that I meant you guys at, I started, that was the command that I started saying no at before that command, mm-hmm. nobody got a no out of me. It was like, yeah, right. I do it. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Mm-hmm. I could do it. So I got burned out, whatever. And I, I started, so people met me at that command, like CMCs and stuff, as the person that would say no. Like, hey, I'm not fucking, like, hey, I'm not doing this, you know? Now, I didn't say no a lot, but I right. said no to the things I didn't want to do. And when I said yes, I delivered the product the way that I would normally deliver it. But I'm not about to kill myself mm-hmm. to for this, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and I don't know if it comes with age, it comes with like you, you making rank and you, you know, you getting some wins, but it's like, nah, I need to start telling people no and like saying no and walking away from the fucking burning building. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, no, and just not looking back. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, and not yeah. looking back to see the screw face or to hear the bullshit. Like, cause somebody, especially cause I, I, I've a lot of times been the go to person, like the person yeah. that, like I've been that person that people 
going, all right, I'm going to just give him this. I'm going to give him that. He's going to take it. I'm going to give him that. He's going to get, you know, and then it's like, no, nah, I ain't doing that, you know, and I sit back yeah. and I watch people you know, do it. Even as I was leaving my last command and um, I left back a really good brother who is a, is a person that's going to do it. He's going to take it on. He's going to do the work. And I know my CMC like knew he was losing another person that was going to take it on, you know, and do the work. It's just different people, you know, different strokes for different folks. So I started saying no, and I'm glad I did right before me being about to have a daughter and, you know, cause I'm going to say, no, that no car, you know what I got, that no car is coming. (laughs) How much time do you have left or how, what's your, what's your vision for how long you're staying? I got, I got, um, like three, like three years left. Is this your last rider? No, it's not. Nowhere near. Um, nowhere near. No. Um, and then I'll, I'll talk to you offline more about some of the other okay. other plans. Um, but yeah. it is like the listeners know, like it is going to be C cell this year. Like I'm going for the package uh, command senior chief this year, stuff like that. Um, That's what's up. Question for you, right? Uh, is it anything that you miss from the Navy that you can't get from civilian world? Yeah, I, I can't. So, when Enlick first started, we were dead of um, Newport. A guy named Joe Farney was our CMC. Mm-hmm. And he did this wonderful exercise with me. He told me, he gave me an expo marker and a whiteboard. He said, I want you to put 10 titles on the board, 10 titles of what you consider yourself. And you know, the common sailor, chief, leader, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he said, Okay, good. I want you to erase every single one that won't be with you past the Navy. Mm. And I erased damn near every single one except for leader, husband, and dad. Mm. That was it. That's all that was left. So I say this, Tish, I, you know, you about you walking into it, you kind of, you're starting to get the feel. Like, when you start seeing the exit, my brother, you are going to be, you think you say no now? You're going to be saying no a whole lot more, mm-hmm. not because you don't want to do it, not because you're not capable of doing it. But for me, it was no, I've given 20 years of 21 years of service of myself to this service, and I need to take the last eight months to get my shit together mm-hmm. because I'm about to erase every single one of those things that I wrote on that board three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that's going to be left is dad, husband, leader. So yes, I miss the chief's mess and I miss the, 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 um, I really miss our history. Like I really, really missed our history. So when I was in DG, we went through the season and nobody from, from Diego Garcia made it. Everybody was a debt. I was part of a debt out of Yakuska and I had an ABF one who made it. During that chief season, uh, an EA Air Force guy came to us and asked if he could go to the season. And so, like, the mess took, I don't know, we, we did a good job of deliberating and taking our time to, if this was going to, if we were going to allow this to happen. And we ended up voting yes. <laughs> it was the best select we had that year. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I have seen the way that they do it in the Air Force. And it's really, it just, it, it's really just bugs the crap out of me. But that's my own bias. And I understand that. Uh, somebody in, in my section, um, like we, we do some manpower stuff. 
like I don't do it, but they do it. And we have two military folks and she made master sergeant or yeah, master sergeant, which is E7. And they just congratulated her, gave her, gave her her patch and said, sew it on when you get paid. That was it. Yeah. That's the, that's the end story. And so, um, and so when I got there, um, they said, somebody said, what will you answer to? And I said, John or chief. And they all looked at me all fucking weird. <laughs> they, they were like, what? And I was like, John or chief. Like I was a fucking Navy chief. You see this shit on the wall? Like that's, <laughs> I, that's you see this fucking anchor? Like uh, this bitch is heavy. All right. So anyways, <laughs> I bet you think USN stands for US Navy. No, it don't. Anyways. So <laughs> Uh, the reason they looked at me weird is because they have chief master sergeants in the Air Force and they're E9s and they're the SELs. Yeah. So they're like, no, bro, we're not going to call you chief. And I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Um, and ever since that moment, I give them all shit. Every time I can. I'm like, yo, I'm the only fucking real chief in this building. So <laughs> now what? And it's, it's, I mean, I joke with them and it's funny, but part of me is like, Y'all, y'all don't have a clue. <laughs> y'all have no idea of like, I, I, I love my job and the air force is great and stuff, but like you, you kind of like a cousin, man, mm-hmm. you, you were a service 150 years after we were a service. Like you, you got a lot of catching up to do. Mm-hmm. Like the year you were established, we established the ranks of E8 and E9. Yeah. <laughs> like a hundred, no, like 70 years before you, the chief's rate was, the chief's rank was established. So get, get out of here with that. But this is part of me being diversity inclusion guy. I'm taking a bunch of them to the ship. Nice. Where I know the CEO of that ship. Um, and so your, your neighbor. And so we about to go, I'm about to go take them and we're going to do a whole tour. And I'm going to stand back with my hands in my pockets and try to keep my mouth shut as best I can because it's not my ship. It's not my tour. I'm just there. And so um, I miss the mess. Like, I, for real, like, on a, like, for real, I miss the mess. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I've kind of helped, I've kind of, kind of recreated a little bit with the hockey team, with the whalers um, and tubes and, and those guys. And man, if I could, bro. I would go through season all over again. Shit. Like, you know, as a select, bro. Like, yeah, as but, a select. But, but no one and would then the next year. No one would well, I know now. Two years. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I watch them and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, and I'm like, yo, man, like, I wish y'all listened to what I'm saying. Like, like I watch them and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, y'all, like, bro, like, just yeah. shut up and listen. Like, just yeah, listen to me. See, yeah. Season is, is, I can't lie. Like, I was like, yeah, I wish I could. There was a point in our season. Uh, my boy, we were neighbors and we made it together because we were, there were 57 of us on the, on the Ford that made it. Um, Brooks Gregory. Um, there was a point in like the middle of our season where we finally like got it. Like everything we do is going to be wrong and it don't really matter whether we come <laughs> up with the best training in the world, it's going to be wrong. And at that point we were just like, fuck it. We're just going to have fun. Like, Whatever. We, we know we're going to get our ass whooped. We know, like, not, not ass whooped. Everybody calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, physically educated. Um, 
So at some point we were just like, whatever, we're just going to have fun. Yeah. I wish I had learned that like four weeks earlier. Yeah. Because it was only like the last two, two and a half weeks where we like really had a lot of fun. Um, our final night was not just one night. It was not, it was, it was off the chain. I mean, 57, come on now. Yeah, 57? Yeah, yeah. You think that's we're going to be long, done at midnight? Long, yeah. That's a, that's a, hey, the whole day you, have to, exactly. you have to start at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You have to start at, the tent at 6. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I, I miss the mess, but I think, I think one of the things that has helped me has been the hockey team and, and just kind of recreating some of that camaraderie. I don't know. This is a question for you. I don't know if it's the same because, like, I'm a sports guy. I was an athlete growing up. Um, it doesn't really matter what sport it is. I'll watch it mm-hmm. because I'm biased towards somebody. Uh, I just, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I like athletes. And so for me, like, being in a locker room, even playing, like, my last year in the Navy, because I wasn't doing nothing, playing hockey again, being in the locker room was like, that camaraderie thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the same on the other side of, well, one, the coast, and then two is for like females. Is it the same? Yes, absolutely. You think you're going to miss the mess? I, oh, like I already that? do. I already do. Yesterday, I went out to surf pack. I went over to the legal office and then I needed, I still, um, so like for my going away, it was a treasure chest, but it, it wasn't ready by the time um, my retirement ceremony was, but it came in after. And so I uh, went up to go see if, you know, the person was there that had it and she was in the mess and they were doing select D training. And so, and so I um, was like outside the mess trying to see if she was in there to see if she had it in her office and the door creaked open a little bit and I saw the select standing there and I had this urge to just want to be in there so bad and I'm decked out I'm a civilian professional looking attire because I gotta go and like show houses and stuff and I'm like oh man I just want to be in that room so I would have canceled everything that I had for the rest of the day just to be in the room and so yeah I, I definitely already miss it um I'm not to the point where I'm like telling people not to call me and talk about work stuff. Yeah. Um, I was just on the phone with somebody. That was crazy. Right? Yeah, it was crazy when I was here. Yeah. Like, I, like, I was like, it was a crazy thing, man. Like, I, I literally still be on the phone with people talking about like Navy shit and yeah, I enjoy crazy. it. Or I'm pushing it away yet. I, I, I like it. And so, and I guess because I haven't really found my footing in the civilian world yet. Uh, once I do, maybe it'll be a little different. But as of right now, I'm kind of in limbo. And so it's mm-hmm. like I'm kind of yearning to grasp onto something. And that's all yeah. I got really to grasp onto. And my kids aren't here anymore. They they went and moved with their dad to be learn how to become men. And so I'm like empty nesting. And it's like, yeah, this isn't what I thought retirement was going to be. I retired so I can give them stability and they're fucking gone. <laughs> a whole lot hit you at the same time. <laughs> they're like, we're Damn. out of here. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm just earn- yearning to grasp onto something. And so I'm just still holding on to it for now, just for my sanity, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah man. Hey, hey. Hey, so this this last thing before we get up out of here. I know this has been a long one for the listeners, man, but y'all need these every now and then, you know what I'm saying? Especially when they good. 
Um, book. You got a book. I know you got a book suggestion, recommendation. And I know it's probably how did, you, spot, how did you guess? But, yeah. Well, <laughs> how did you how did you guess? Um, so you want my like real true answer? Yeah. Sixteen nineteen. Read it. Mm-hmm. Read Project sixteen nineteen. People don't realize how close we are to where the first enslaved people were brought to this country. Yeah. People don't have any idea how close we really are. I pass by it every single day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, no, like that's a, that's a deep one. That's very, yeah. I think they made it. Doc- it's a doc. It's a documentary they made based off of it too. Right. Very recently. Yeah. The, the book is pretty thick though. Like it's, it's got a lot of information, yeah. but as far as let's so let's philosophically like leaders eat last is really good by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't start with that one. And there's a book called Start With Why mm-hmm. Simon. Uh, okay. by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And that's also a very good one. But those are all anecdotal. Those aren't like his stories. Those are other people's yeah. stories. And he just has a really good way of, of putting them to paper and, and giving you a big idea of why. So like, I, I like those books. Um, I don't really care how controversial people think 1619 is. Um, it's backed by history. Yeah. It's backed by facts. Like, I don't know how we've gotten into this alternate reality of facts versus not facts and um, alternate facts. <laughs> Just we have ended up here some way. Um, but no. So honestly, I think if, if we can look at our our vision of what we want our families to look like um, and the, the shape we want, like the Navy to go the the way we want our sailors to behave and function and prepare for whatever challenge comes next, i.e. China. uh, We better start looking in the mirror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We better start taking stock of self. Yeah. Hey, John, look, appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming to sit Absolutely, with us. Brother. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. Hey, for the listeners, transparent, man. It took us like an hour to get up. Hey, think I've been running, man. <laughs> technology. Not my fault. Technology. Not my fault. Kind of my fault. Uh, programs, systems, computers, laptops, teach technology, programs, teach, <laughs> uh, uh, me, Riverside, Iris, everything. But um, thanks, man. Thanks. You stuck it out with us. You were like, you stuck it out with us for an hour. Yeah. Um, gave us your time. I appreciate it. Um, I was, uh, I, it was a profound class. I appreciated it. Um, and this episode to me is the same. So thanks for coming, hanging out with us, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. It's a yeah. pleasure, man. You call me back anytime. Don't forget, uh, you know, unless you invite me, I'm just going to pop in sometimes. So thank you, man. All right, brother. All right. All right.